the group. Like the group, yes, One Direction. Their song plays all the time in Home Depot. <laughs> Which, <laughs> does really? it? It's like an interesting place. I, I'm like, you're right, I don't know I'm beautiful. Where are the hoses? <laughs> <laughs> I am Marcellus. I am the TV guy. And my name is Ken, and I am the movie guy. And together we're a hot mess. Oh my god, there's a target on my back. I'm always under attack. He can improve on his posture, because the way he's standing right now, he's going to look like a snail at 62. Kenneth makes a good uh, jailhouse top ramen. Um, Kenneth... Okay. I always like to start it off by pointing something wrong out on Ken. Uh-huh. Ken, why are your headphones crooked? Because it's really a, uh, it's a sight to see, actually. I'm gonna because y'all always give me the broke ones. But, but those are actually your headphones. Oh, but listen, I thought we were all sharing because nobody cared about that when it was working. No one made that distinction. I never when they used worked. them. You're gonna really, you <laughs> Brandon, gonna really, you're not supposed to join. No, <laughs> I, you're gonna really gonna go with that lie. <laughs> you see, Paul, these were the fanciers name brand headphones in the house. And, they were not mine. They belong to the house. Now that they're broken and they got tape, they're yours. Now they're my headphones. Oh, they're, they're, and I seem to be assigned to them every time we record. Those are Beats by Dre, aren't they? Yes, they are. And they're red, and you're wearing blue, mm-hmm. and I feel very <laughs> caught up in the middle. <laughs> Paul, you That's need to true. bring us together. <laughs> Paul's a community actor. It's well, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a purple shirt, which is very neutral. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's it, if, it's if, a blend. It's a blend of, of red both and blue. blue and red. Yeah, look at this unity. You, mm-hmm. the real question is, can Paul unite us? Paul can. That is, I believe, if anybody episode. can unite us, it's Paul. Paul, what's the number one? What strategy would you have to have Marcellus and I get along better for the future of this podcast? What's the number one strategy you might oh need man to employ? So, depending on my mood, uh, <laughs> one thing, like, nothing brings people together like a common enemy. Okay. So, mm. I think I might uh, insult you both, <laughs> which <Yeah>. would <laughs> bring you together <laughs> against oh, me. Got you. Wait a minute, man. Okay. I, I would agree with your insult on me uh-huh. and also agree with your insult on Ken and then join with you against Ken. So, oh. yeah, there's the problem. You see what I'm saying? I, I underestimated how self-deprecating you might be. I'm just yourself. telling you the see? truth. Okay. <laughs> and that's probably why he drinks a lot, because he's not really happy with sober Marcel. I am seven years sober. He's seven. I'm sorry, seven years sober. And I'm seven years. Is that slave. in my years? Huh? I think it's seven minutes sober. That's <laughs> like you. when we last because had I a think shot. the last time. We, thank you, Paul. See, Paul came to be real today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Paul came to be that real. are in the listening audience. Welcome to my fave. This is our lovely podcast where we talk about nonsense, 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 Isn't and then we talk about movies and TV, and I love it. <laughs> I am Marcellus. I'm feel, the TV guy. I don't know why. <laughs> why do you do that? Who are you? I like when it gets awkward. It's like my favorite time. That's of the what you. Day. That's, that's my favorite time of the day. <laughs> it's your favorite time. I think you just like being awkward. Who are you, Kenneth? I'm Kenneth Brown. I'm Ken. I am the movie guy. And today we have a very, 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 I'm so very special for this. guest. I'm, I'm so going to let Kenneth introduce who our guest is. You guys, is. I think y'all need to understand something here. We have a celebrity in our midst. A celebrity? Yes, we have a celebrity in our midst. I have um, <laughs> Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no. I was going to say Liam. 
Hensworth. Liam Hensworth? Yes. You were going to go with an Avenger, though. I was. I I'm was. pretty happy about that. I'll take it. <laughs> oh, you would make a cool Avenger. Thank oh, you. Paul. I take it. What would your name be? Oh, boy. Uh... Uh, really on the spot here. Yeah. Where's, where's my where's my yes anding? Uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like I, I've always felt akin to those like the people with like the arrows. Like so, I might be I might be like Ooh. Hawkeye's friend. Like Ooh. like uh, I like that. But I'm peaceful, so I'm Dove Eye. I was gonna say dove. White Dove. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was gonna say yeah. White Dove. Yeah. Yes, Dove Eye. You got on white, like a white costume with like blue boots. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Which is great. I don't often wear white in real life because it gets dirty so quickly. But it you does, know, it does. But as a superhero, for some reason, I think it would be like always clean. Yeah, I think so too. For whatever reason, this I makes know. me think of uh, what's her name, Emma Frost. <laughs> yeah, she gotta get her costume. Gotta be dirty all the time. But I don't know. I think a part of her superpower is like she telepathically removes the dirt. Oh throughout my god! The day. Really? So she's like she just cleans. Like, can you imagine how beautiful her garments must be? My outfit would be just like hers too. It'd, it'd be like with like the yeah. I don't know if you guys tall. have seen this uh, X Men comic cover, but it has uh, Emma Frost on the cover, uh-huh. and every new X Men outfit has a big x on it uh-huh. okay. but her x is made out of the negative space of her costume oh yes. it is just her exposed flesh the boob cups of uh-huh. the white make the uh oh, oh my where God. the x meets producer yeah. brandon is looking for the costume as we speak I he'll find it. and i've actually Bro. seen a uh gender swap uh cosplay of this uh, oh, oh please we gotta find this picture we okay. gotta find the picture uh, Paul, ladies and gentlemen, will be posting his picture <laughs> later. <laughs> we are going to make sure he takes this picture. <laughs> well, the next thing we're going to do is my fave photo shoot. Right. <laughs> my fave cosplay. Y'all, Paul is one of my most amazing friends. We met through Second City Hollywood Ooh. doing improv together. And we are now on an improv team called Shortcake, where we do improv at Second City on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And not only that, we hang out because we really like each other. Oh, that's what the friends best. do. Yeah. So we met through improv, and we stayed for the friendship. There, there. Sometimes you get placed together with people in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, man, I can't wait for this team to be over yeah. uh, <laughs> but shortcake was uh disbanded at one point mm-hmm. and we actually came back together yeah. uh because we love performing with each other so much and we also liked each other as mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. Wow. and i'm telling you guys he's the coolest person um paul is also the host of an amazing podcast some of y'all might have heard of it myth understood yeah oh you guys what happens on this particular podcast is paul will take um certain mythological stories and he will then have his co-host amazing sarah <laughs> is she you let me first of all sarah i should oh my gosh that's sarah oh <gasps> she's gonna kill me okay what? never mind i'm gonna leave it alone i'm gonna leave it alone are you talking about sarah oliver <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, I didn't say that. <laughs> that Paul, was all Paul. <laughs> Paul, since Ken is falling apart, <laughs> can no, you please uh, no. tell us more, though, about Myth Understood? Yes. I, well, yeah, I was, I was get... really enjoying hearing you describe what my <laughs> podcast is about. Uh, the basic premise was that Sarah um, came to me one day and said, Paul, I love Greek mythology. And I mm-hmm. said, great. What's your favorite myth? And she said, oh, I, I don't know any of it. <laughs> and I said, how, how do you know then that you like it? And she said, I don't know, but this sounds like it could be a podcast and uh, where you educate me on Greek mythology. She had this sweeping idea that 
it was going to be like a sexy HBO series. And oh my God. Honestly, parts of Greek mythology is. Yeah, but, I mean. But other parts of it are like someone turned into a bird and then Zeus spit <laughs> right. on her. And so she threw right. herself into the ocean and became right. an island. Like it's wow. like it gets real weird <laughs> right. it, for no reason. It. Right. Uh, right. And a little sneak peek of tomorrow, actually, because I'm I'm recording our episode for Wednesday tomorrow. Oh, nice! Okay. I just did all of my prep today on r- researching the goddess Hestia, who is the goddess of the hearth, uh-huh. and her um, Roman name is Vesta. Mm-hmm. But the most important part that I learned while I was researching is that her the her status as a virgin goddess was put into uh, it, it was nearly. Not she was nearly not a virgin anymore because of the god uh, Priapus. Uh-oh. Okay, Priapus. Priapus. Wow. Okay. Priapus is known for having uh, enlarged genitalia. Okay. Oh. Uh, he was. Uh, he's often depicted like weighing his en- enlarged genitals on okay. a on a grain scale. <laughs> okay. So he liked gym. to show off. <laughs> okay. And but my favorite thing that I learned was his Roman equivalent name because every Greek god for the most part had a Roman equivalent. His name was. Mutinous Tutinous. Oh, <laughs> mutinous. mutinous Tutinous. That's my new drag name. <laughs> I was talking to a, um, Mutinous Tutinous. I was talking to my friend about that, and he was saying, "Oh, Mutinous Tutinous sounds like when you're when you and your butt are like not having a good day. Like, I'm having a Mutinous Tutinous today. This feels real Mutinous Tutinous." <laughs> Doctor, I have a case of Mutinous Tutinous. <laughs> That's so amazing, though. Can I tell you? I was listening to. Uh, the Zodiac one, because I love Zodiacs, uh, part one. Uh-huh. And I just loved that you guys were going in such detail. And I'm just like, oh, moon sign, oh, sun rising. And I'm just like listening and mm-hmm. hearing. And I like that it was like the story side of it, like a like a mythology part to it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I can't wait to get to the other parts. I can hear about Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I was like, I really... Uh, I really think that's cool, like mm-hmm. this that that idea of your podcast, and mm-hmm. it's just the ideas that people come up with, the creativity. I love it. It's so unique, and I love that uh, in the podcast world, it's never too late. So if any of y'all are listening, you want to do a podcast, do it, do it. There's nothing stopping you, but you, you got this, and don't feel like the field is overcrowded. Your voice and your perspective is needed. So if you're not doing it, then that means we need you to do it. Right. Some if somebody thinking nobody want to care, no somebody. Right, cares about what right. what you talk about. Somebody, it's a labor of love for us. Do you find that to be true for you? Not at all. Okay, great. <laughs> it's just a labor of labor for Paul. Uh, no, it's uh, it's it's really tremendously delightful. Uh, Listen, not at all. I. <laughs> Uh, one of our mutual friends, Suzanne Shortcake, uh, Paige, and I mm-hmm. have talked about because she has that podcast, uh, Greetings from Depression. Yes. Depression. Yes. yes. And Hi, Paige. Before she started doing her podcast, she was talking to me about Misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And one of the surprising things was how many, as soon as the listeners start finding you, mm-hmm. you start getting messages on mm-hmm. social media. And yeah. these messages will say something along the lines of, hey, I was going to school for something that I hated. And mm-hmm. then I started listening to your podcast and I remembered how much I loved Greek mythology. Mm, and now crazy. I'm studying abroad in Greece, studying uh, archaeology. Wow. You really helped change the course of my life, wow. which is just crazy. like makes you feel so good that like just, just Sarah and I fucking around on a yeah. podcast yeah. resonated with people in a way that made them make positive changes in their life i absolutely absolutely dope Uh, y'all need to um because i'm gonna brag on paul he ain't gonna brag 
Paul Paul's amazing. Paul and Sarah have an amazing following in the podcast. World. Oh yeah, for sure. They're not gonna. Act, do you know? Remember how many followers they? How many subscribers they got? I don't remember off the top of my head. Why would you do that to me? Oh, I'm not. Don't be. <laughs> don't be. Don't be threatened. Y'all see this? This is what I'm dealing with. Paul, you gotta come in. I hope you can bring us together by the end of this episode. <laughs> That's your goal. We, we actually gave you a homework assignment, and we want you to make us, you know, get along. By the see end if of you this can podcast. help. See if you can. Uh, Help us understand the myth of our friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually Hopefully get it's not a myth. Right. <laughs> I actually get along with Kenneth. Mm. I think once I realize that I get along with Kenneth, I find ways to destroy that. Okay. That's like what There's I do. There's a self-deprecating on a, humor yeah, again. It's going to keep coming going, back. Something is going on here under the surface. Uh-huh. And we're going to try to get to the bottom of it. I don't it. know how to be vulnerable. So maybe the myth understood is Marcellus. He's not wearing pants under the table right now. Uh, <laughs> that's part of it. Ladies and gentlemen, those who are listening... Marcellus is oh, not wearing You anything. found out. <laughs> he, but oh, I do have a question that I oh, always ask. Go ahead. Yeah. And I'm going to start with Paul. Paul, how was your week? Oh, how was my week? Yes. Oh, uh, boy. I did very little this past week. Okay. Um, I was supposed to... One, nice. of, one of the jobs that I do for money is I, I work as a production designer. I was supposed to be working on a on a music video last week. Mm-hmm. And it ended up falling through. Okay. Oh, no. And, which is too bad because I needed money. Right. But right. instead, what I focused on doing is uh, my career aspiration is to write creatively. Mm-hmm. So I went through the backstage um, booklet that mm-hmm. they release uh, biannually. Right. And right. I highlighted all of the lit agents that were looking for talent. Mm-hmm. And I started sending out. That's right. Good for Things you. Things right there. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Actually, uh, this is kind of news. Uh, as of today, I am a two-time Webby Award winner. Yay! Um, yeah, the uh, the Webby Awards were were today on Monday. Mm-hmm. The whatever day this is. Right, right, um, right, right. And uh, yeah, the the viral video that I wrote, uh, Deadpool Musical Two, won yes. for. Um, for that and I, I almost went to new york for that but then the the tickets for the webby awards were sold out so i was like i'm not gonna go and like right stand outside the but auditorium isn't that crazy? <laughs> if you if you won shouldn't they have a seat for you uh no that's not no. it doesn't work like that <laughs> dang that sucks could you explain for our listeners what the webbies are oh yeah the the webbies were i think they were invented in like 1997 oh wow and hey class of 97 they uh Basically, they decided, you know, there's so much content that's mm-hmm. coming out on the web. We need to have a organization and a award ceremony for all of the yeah. videos and content that are put out on the web. It is kind of the... F- it might not be exactly the first of its kind, but it's definitely the one that gained the mo- most momentum. Okay. And it has... Probably because it has the most iconic name. Like, mm, right. I want a Webby. Right, um, right, right. <laughs> and uh, now it's become this, like, big event that people vote on online and mm-hmm. this year it's hosted by jenny slate so it's it's really y'all got some yeah, okay it, it grew from Webby's? very yeah what did you win your first webby for it was for the first video in the series of it was deadpool musical mm-hmm. one which was basically um my friend michael parker approached uh my friend julian mm-hmm. and i to um julian's a director i'm a writer mm-hmm. and like can you write a parody musical for deadpool based off of beauty and the beast uh, and we and i sang uh, it was the uh i had to change the lyrics to gaston because uh-huh. that's just such an iconic song yes, yes yes and uh that one went over really great and uh michael parker who put this whole thing together said now i want to do a second one and we nice. said really and he's like yeah and i want it to be bigger and better than before <laughs> and um 
as a sequel should be. Yeah, and, and the it. first one got such positive responses. I, I don't know what the view count is now, but it's it's I think it's probably like four million. Producer Brandon is looking at it right now, getting us some information on it. Ooh. You guys gotta go and look up. Oh, it's eight million. So Deadpool yeah. the musical Beauty wow. and the Beast Gaston parody that our guest wrote has over eight million views. And then yeah, Deadpool yep. musical two. Three about three million, a three million, million. for the second one. <laughs> so yeah, we got some talent. Paul is out here, here doing stuff. Talent. Paul out here living his dreams, following okay. his dreams, y'all. If Tell you, my parents that. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all are listening, <laughs> Paul is great. Speaking of that, you guys, let's talk about what we want to get into today. Okay, okay. Marcellus, what are we doing today? I mean, I wasn't finished asking you about your week, but if you want to move oh, on, we can. Yeah, I want to know about your guys' <laughs> week. Okay, Ken fine. never wants to talk about it. Cause my week, I just be doing regular stuff. Well, tell us what your regular stuff is. It may be a ma- you may l- uplift somebody. Somebody may go abroad because of your week. I, I, so tell us about your go, week. Go study archaeology. <laughs> <laughs> well, I return my books to the library. That's good. That's a positive message so, to all of you all who are listening. Use your local library. <laughs> Get your taxes paid for. It. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really excited to announce that I did plan on going back to the library so I could rent some DVDs of black and white movies that I you haven't seen. What? I really <laughs> refuse. Um, and that's one of the things I love about my local library. I could go rent things like Cat on a Hot Tent Room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is this in preparation for a future episode on like my favorite black and white movies? No, my I favorite just, things from the library I haven't returned. I just like movies. <laughs> Because I'm getting the movie guy. <laughs> okay. I really do like the library. So I can rent old DVDs. I told you not to ask me about my week. It's not as exciting as you and Paul. <laughs> oh, God. Well, anyway. <laughs> Marcellus, what happened to you this week? Right. <laughs> I did not go to the Professor library. Professor stop laughing. He's just laughing. Ken is just the I'm worst. your brother. This no. week... This week, um, you know, my week oh, was cool. God. I got to see some family, got to uh, visit my mom, things like that. Got to go on a ferry to San Francisco, which I have not done since Ooh, I was a little kid. Nice. And I met this family uh, on there, and we just having this whole conversation. They offered me pizza and everything else. Oh, I was like, no, thank you. I ate already. I really wanted a piece, but I just felt bad taking a piece of their pizza. But I really oh. did want a piece. But anyway, um, then I saw like an old friend on there, and it was just so like. It was just so how? random how that worked out. But I think my week went really well. And then I have some really, really good news that I won't share yet. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh. Well, that's Did you like how I built keep that Keep us up? wanting. Yes. <laughs> Stay yes. tuned. But no, I have some really good news that in due time I'll be able to share. But it's well, very exciting. Excited. Ooh, that sounds... I like good news. Yeah. I good, like good news. news. Right, right, right. I I like good news, too. I, I remember... Uh, have you guys ever had an OkCupid account? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Back in the day. Yeah, the OkCupid, it, right it used to make you... Um, <laughs> it probably still does. It made you answer a whole bunch of multiple choice yes, questions. a lot. One of my favorite multiple choice questions on there that made me not match with people <laughs> was, would you rather have something good happen to you or something interesting happen to you? Uh-huh. And I said... And it allowed you to explain your answer to you. Mm-hmm. And I said, good, because mm-hmm. I've had enough interesting things happen to me. <laughs> like, I'm ready for the good things to right, start happening. Right, right, uh, Enough already with the interesting. But everyone else was like, mm, interesting. And I was like, stop 
trying to sound interesting. <laughs> right, right, right. Just be yeah. real. Yeah. Just be real. That's all that matters. I want something good. But now it's time for our lights, camera, action. Ooh. <laughs> Ken, I will not be putting camera clicks in here. I just want to make sure you know. Paul, I've been asking Marcella since the beginning of this podcast <laughs> if, like, certain times, you know, my creative juices are flowing mm-hmm. as we're recording. Uh-huh. And I'll say, Marcella, this is a really good time for you to do this. So you should add this sound. Because Marcellus, he does the editing mm-hmm. for the podcast mm-hmm. and the sound mixing and all that great, beautiful stuff. And he never takes any of my ideas, Paul. Do you know what, when you said time for the lights, camera, action, what I did imagine in my head, because I'm, I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah. And there's a uh, female wrestler by the name of Maris. Okay. Who, uh, her theme song is uh, Pourquoi, because she's French-Canadian, and it begins with a whole bunch of people uh, taking pictures. Like, taking like paparazzi pictures. Yeah, yeah, it sounds real good. Yeah, that would sound really good right here, Marcellus, what Paul had just said. Gotcha. Well, you know, Paul, I may put that in. Uh-huh. Put in Parqua just to... Yeah, I may <laughs> just, put that in, Paul. Just this episode. Because that was a good suggestion. You're going to put it in because Paul suggested it? <laughs> yeah. That's the same thing I've been telling you for the last 29 episodes. This is episodes. me bringing you guys together. I don't together. remember. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're going against him bringing us together. I just tried to you help know the what? unity. And you're having a hard time. See, this is what's going on. I don't know. Anyway, let's go to our lights, camera, action. <laughs> uh, you know what? Yeah, that's fine. Let's go to the lights, camera, and action. Uh, Can explain to us what we're going to do. Okay, we have some questions for you, Paul. Oh, boy. That we want to ask you. Yes. So whenever we have a guest, normally our lights, camera, action is just a way for us to continue to warm up and laugh and talk. And we'll have like different quizzes we give each other or questions we ask each other just so that the audience can get to learn a little bit more about us. But today we're going to ask you questions. Okay. Ooh. So we have a couple of questions and Marcellus and I will go back and forth with these questions. So... Uh, I'm going to pick this question. And I'm going to like stare at you right in your eyes when you answer. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> um, first of all, real simple. <laughs> you, I wish I could see them. <laughs> I want you to say, um, what are you current? This is a real simple question. What are you currently reading? Ooh. Um, n- nothing. <laughs> ah, that's fine. That's the answer. Um, I'm not reading nothing either right now. That's. I mean, that's my short answer. My uh, my long answer is that when you work in a creative field and you are a writer, mm-hmm. the free time that you have uh, sometimes is dedicated to yourself writing as opposed to reading other people's work. Definitely. And, uh, and that's what I'm doing with my free time right now is is writing. Would you? Would you? And I'm, I want to know about this. Are you a journaler? Sometimes I like the journal. Do you like the journal? I'm not really a journaler. Okay. I always wanted to be a journaler. Right, 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 right. Because I go through phases where I'll journal for like three months and then I'll stop and I won't journal for six and then I'll pick it up. I wanted to be. So my dad used to keep these calendars when he was growing up. Mm-hmm. And you can like go back in time flipping through these calendars that he drew himself. And it's like date with Julie, my oh. mom. Like you can like wow. see him meet my mom. In wow. These, and it's amazing. That's amazing. And it's something that as his son flipping through that mm-hmm. is priceless. And I wanted to do that. Yeah. I wanted to journal, but I, I'm just, I don't have the temperament for that. Yeah. But I do find I write all the time. I write stories mm-hmm. and there's something that writers do, which is they write from their perspective and they write mm-hmm. about their own life. Even mm-hmm. if they're writing a sci-fi or a fantasy mm-hmm. or something else, their mm-hmm. own life always finds its way through. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if, if I have kids, like that's going to be them 
seeing me at different points in my life is reading yeah, things I I've think written. I like that too. Yeah. That makes sense. I tried to start writing my journal, but then the Moe shoot music wasn't playing. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't continue. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> I was like, wait, I thought this happens when you write. <laughs> no. Um, I have another question for you, Paul. Uh-huh. What excites you right now? Ooh. Oh, I, so I am really excited to start a new podcast endeavor. Oh, y'all breaking news here on my face. Mm -hmm. I, um, so when I was 21, Mm -hmm. I wrote my very first screenplay ever. Mm -hmm. It was called death hurts. It is Mm. a, a, I thought Paul would say death becomes her. (laughs) And I was like, you wrote that. Don't you tell me you wrote (laughs) Meryl Streep. (laughs) Um, I was going to be so mad. He kept that from me. It's sort of like legally blonde meets, Dracula in terms of a uh, a sorority girl gets bitten by a vampire Ooh. and just how would a soror- like a ditzy sorority girl Can deal I tell with you being we need a vampire that right now yes. I would absolutely go see that movie right now and it was it was beloved by my screenwriting class and it was one of those um, motivators that yeah. I needed to tell yeah. me like cool I'm doing the right thing You're right no, now yeah exactly uh, but I wrote it when I was 21 and so I looked through that script fairly recently and I said ooh this is problematic this mm-hmm. doesn't work anymore this right, is you right, know like a lot right. of those things and I and I've retooled it into an eight episode 30 minute each uh, narrative podcast oh. that I'm really excited to put into effect and, uh, and I've talked to you about this before Ken because yes, I wrote I read a part for you oh, I'm so excited uh, yes. I'm so excited and I think we're going to have uh, Jake, uh, my producer for Dra- Dragon Wagon Radio, okay. we're, we're going to s- get together and start going through like okay. the script and figuring out exactly how okay. the best way to put together this podcast would be. Uh, That's amazing. I was nervous when he brought it. I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm good enough. That was me in my own head, by the way, Paul, when you said that. I was super excited when he told me. But in my head, I was like, oh my God, I hope I'm good enough to do it. And he wrote a... No one ever wrote anything You're good for enough. Me. You're talented enough. And gosh darn it, people like you. Gosh Thank darn you. it. <laughs> Thank you. You guys, I'm so excited. It's awesome having friends that are creative. You get to be in their stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm, well, we're excited. Thank you, uh, Mark. Tell us, I'll pass it on to you. Thank you, but sir. you have some questions uh, to our amazing guest, Paul. So, I have a question, Paul. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which fictional or historical character are you really like? Oh, Ooh, boy. That's a good one. Um, oh, so I've been thinking about this uh, in the wake of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. My um, best friend, Sarah, was saying how much she related to Daenerys in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and how... I I was trying to come up with a character that I was like, well, maybe if da- Daenerys has disappointed you, what other fantasy novel can you read that you would really uh, enjoy and relate to? And I read this book by Garth Nix when I was in seventh grade called Sabriel mm-hmm. about a, a female necromancer who was 17 years old wow. who journeyed to the other side of the wall. And the Ooh. wall on one side of the wall was like, our world and mm-hmm. on the other side of the world of uh, the wall was like the world of magic mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she had to journey to the other side and become the new abhorson which is like the person who's like the head necromancer yes at yes. 17 years old and that story i remember reading it and telling people like oh man i relate to sabriel too m- so much mm-hmm. and um other people Mostly boys saying like, "Oh, you can't relate to Sabriel because she's a girl," uh, and that just like made me double down harder. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. so I'll, I'll show you. So I think I think Sabriel uh, is someone I've always yeah. I was like, she's she's a little. 
I related to Buffy the Vampire Slayer quite uh-huh. a bit when I watched that show, uh-huh. but like, producer Brandon is one of his favorite shows. But she's Buffy. a little bit more. I think she's a little bit more quippy and cute than I've ever like. Uh-huh. I feel like I've ever been, or a little that. bit more out, out, outgoing than me. Okay. Whereas Sabriel really uh, channels my uh, gothy emo side, which okay. is uh, what we'll be. I guess we'll be talking about today, uh, oh, considering man. what what our topic is. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. That's dope. That's really dope. Okay. I have another okay. question that popped up. Do it, Paul. Yes. Ask it. There is an alternate universe. Uh huh. And you're in it. Okay. What is your name? What do you do for a living? Cool. Who are you? Mm. Isn't that like a doppelganger? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> it's basically Doppel- a doppelganger. Like who? Th- what Ooh. is what is this Paul? If he's Paul? Huh. Uh-huh. Oh. Ooh. All right. So. <laughs> One of my names that my parents almost named me, and my I think my dad vetoed, was uh, Sandy. I was going to be a boy, oh, a boy I named Sandy. It. I love it because it's my mom's maiden name is Sandy's. Okay. okay. Um, and um, something I I told you I was a wrestling fan. I think um, the I've always been drawn to like being athletic and doing athletic things. Okay. I, I ran cross country. I, I, I still sword fight. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I really like that part of storytelling, the athletic side of storytelling. Uh-huh. And so I think in another world, I would be a professional wrestler. Oh, what would your wrestler name be? Oh, um, Oh, so my mom's a genealogist, okay. and uh, I found out I had a pirate in my past whose uh, last name is Graves, and so oh my God. I might be Sandy Graves. Sandy Graves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sort of pirate-themed. <laughs> Can I tell you right now, that would be a dope t-shirt and a dope wrestler motif. Uh, I'm Sandy a pirate. Graves. And then you got to have like this saying, oh, hi, mateys, you know, to the crowd. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, don't do that one. Yeah, I don't think. I think okay. Sandy Graves would be the oh, most okay. camp thing about my personality. But okay. then I would. Everything I would, else would be a little bit more grounded. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've already I've already thought about what my theme song would be if I was a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And it would be uh, Shut Me Up by Mindless Self-Indulgence. This would be a good time, Marcellus, where you would mm-hmm. play that song. Yeah. Because Paul had just made reference to it. Got and you. And the listeners would be able to connect audibly to that thing. Got you. know, you. I'm just thinking. That's amazing. Paul, what's that song again? Shut Me Up. Okay, got you. It has this great, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And it has a great spot for fireworks because it's like, do-do. Dude, the bass, the rock, the mic, the treble. Yeah. I'm all, listen, mm-hmm. I am standing up. A lot of kids all over the auditorium are screaming right now. They're screaming. Mm-hmm. Losing their mind. And then you have to have like bandanas and eye patches. I'm just thinking about the commercialism. Uh, oh, yeah, of, of course. And the materialistic of it. So, G- glowing pirate swords. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Y'all look out. Sandy Graves <laughs> exists in another alternate universe. Sandy Graves. Hulk Hogan is, who is that? No, it's Sandy Graves. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you all, they, uh, uh, touched bases on it earlier but they talked about shortcake and i am a, a person from the outside looking in and i have seen shortcake perform on many occasion and they are hilarious i love to watch them i love their interaction and i think that they are pros at what they do i think that people who can do people who can do improv and comedy are like geniuses to be able to think that quick on the spot oh, you amazing. guys are coming together this is you complimenting ken right now Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even think of it that way. 
You didn't for you forgot I was in short game. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, <laughs> it all him. comes crumbling down. And see, and this is why he was happy to give you that compliment until he realized I was in that same. You know, short game is all right. <laughs> okay, all right. And you know what? I think it's time for us to take a break. <laughs> but we'll be right back. Don't you really want to know? Okay, I was wondering who the father of my baby was. All right, let's take a look. You got Miss Cleo being a DNA paternity test. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, let me see what the cards is revealing. Slowly searching. Who is the father of your baby? Okay, it's the one that's really unpleasant. Okay. Uh huh. It's um, also, okay, the cards then told me something else. It's the one that had another girlfriend while he was sleeping with you. Mm, yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's him. That's the baby daddy. Okay. But you already knew that. Well, girl, I just wasn't sure. I don't know how the baby looked just like him. Yes, he does. <laughs> you in denial over there. Let me tell you, the man got like a little, um, like a pig nose. Mm. The baby got that same nose. Oh, my. I'm calling Jadarius right now. Mm-hmm. Listen, the cards can reveal things that you can't see on your own. Call me now for a free tarot reading. Call now for your free reading at 1-800-866-I'm-sure-she's-lying. That's 1-800-866-I'm-sure-she's-lying. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> I thought you was going to. I thought you were going to fuss at me you, and tell did me. Did you hear Brandon throwing shade at us? I did. You know what? And producer that's our Brandon, producer. This is what we have supporting us today. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, just, he just gave me. <laughs> and just like that, we came together. That's right. We common did. enemy. Common, common enemy. enemy is producer common Brandon. Enemy. Common <laughs> enemy. <laughs> um, yes, we're back. Oh, our theme. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, of course, our theme is if you've been following us for the last few episodes or in general, we're trying to build something up here. We did the eighties. Mm -hmm. We did the nineties. Mm -hmm. What's next? The two thousands. The two thousands. That sounds so weird to say, by the way. I know, right? The two thousands. So much happened in the two thousands. Even though I was a nineties baby, because I was born in nineteen ninety. Okay. Uh, in two thousand, I was ten. So the 2000s was my era to just. I mean, you're still so in pop culture. Yeah, I mean, literally. Two. I mean, you know, I that think was everything. Zero to ten, we made kind of like really. When that's 2000s is two thousand is 2010. I was I wasn't quite sure if, uh -huh. unless oh. 2000s continues on until. I got you. Technically, it does because I was thinking like 2000s it goes, but then mm -hmm. if you want to be technical, it's the the. What do they call it? I'm like the I'm like aughts. the tens. Mm -hmm. The early aughts. I the like, early. I, well, you know what. I mm -hmm. thought it was Say it again. The, the early aughts. Like the early aughts. 2000 to 2010 would be the early aughts, and then after that is modern or current. Got it, got mm -hmm. it, got it. It's got so it. weird because it's easy for us to go, oh, the 1920s, the 1930s, the 1940s, and I think automatically I start to get a visual picture of what that decade was. Right. But when I get to 2000s, I don't know, the 2010s, the 2020, I guess we will say that at some point. Mm -hmm. The 2030s. You guys remember the 2030s? Y'all remember the 2030s. Right. I so it's still wrapping like it's my head sound. around all of that. But <laughs> we are dealing with the 2000s. So, Paul, you're, I think we're talking about doing 2000, 2010. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was in high school and college. Oh, nice. Really? Nice. Well. I was in um, adulthood. 
<laughs> I thought you were that. <laughs> but still in diapers. But still in diapers. <laughs> so we're excited to talk about that. So excited. And Ken, you know what time it is. Yes, sir. The world, Paul, the dogs, the other dogs down the street that are barking, they want to know what is your fave 2000s movie? Oh my gosh, you guys, this is very difficult for me to choose. But I was able to come to, you know, some type of conclusion here because we're looking at 10 years worth of films. Uh-huh. And so, 10 years worth of good films. Good films, Amazing you guys. Films. And so, uh, Paul, as you know, we have our My Fave, and then I have an honorable mention. Like, it's literally close to the My Fave pick, but there might have been one or two things that edged it out and yeah. left it. I have um, here two honorable mentions but i did come to this movie and there's a couple of reasons why my fave movie of the 2000s is slumdog millionaire Ooh. slumdog millionaire which i'm actually surprised by the pick myself and i've never seen that movie <gasps> oh my god <laughs> really? wait a minute let me turn around and face you <laughs> Paul. You just turned at me like breaking news. Right. Oh, you <laughs> he had guys. to adjust his mic stand. Oh, can I tell y'all right now? I'm so excited that you're here for this so I can unload all this passion. Have you seen Slumdog Millionaire, Marcellus? Ahio. Producer Brandon, have you seen? Okay. All I know is Jai Ho. Yeah, Jai-ho. I know. I know. Okay, so let me take you back. The year is 2008. Uh-huh. And this amazing movie comes out of nowhere, right? And you have to know that this movie um, was director Danny Boyle, and he'll come up again later in the episode, and I'll tell you why, not now, but later. And we have these two new actors that come on the scene, which is Dev Patel and Frida Pinto. All right, um, Indian-born actors, amazing, amazing talent. This is their first feature films. Uh, And the story in and of itself is so to me, so original. So yeah. in India, they have their version of who wants to be a millionaire. Dev Patel's character, who's 18 at the time, who basically grew up in the slums, which is a, you're just a horrible, appalling poverty, right? And uh-huh. he grew up in the slums. Somehow he manages to make it on the show. He is answering all of the questions correctly. The nation is captivated because you know how they do on these shows. They tell the story, their, their narration of this character, right? The na- everyone's on the edge of their seats. So right before the last question, the show, the show goes off air for that evening, and they're going to basically resume taping the next day. The police arrest him. And they're like, there's no way someone from the slums would know the answers to these questions. You have to be cheating. You have to be cheating. So as they're interrogating him, he is talking about his tragic but triumphant childhood and how each chapter in his life basically gave him an answer for every question. So mm-hmm. that much I knew. I think I got the the summary from from someone before, and I was like, "Hey, that's really interesting." It just I just never saw it. Oh, but let me tell you, I get that because mm-hmm. I remember in the midst of this movie being out, I wasn't that excited to go see it. I don't remember, and I'm gonna be honest, I don't remember being like, "Oh my god, I've got to see that." I was just like, "Eh," kind of like, "I'll see it. I'll get around to it," and I was late to the bus. When I got on that bus. And I saw Slumdale Million because what I love about it, it's an underdog story. 
mm-hmm. right? And there was some there was some even controversy with the word slumdog millionaire. Some people were like, that's horrible, that's racist. And Danny Boyle was like, no, you know, it's really kind of owed to the fact that he grew up in the slums and the character's an underdog. And so we just put slumdog together. It has no racial, epi- none of that. And they're like, oh, okay. But I love a good underdog in a movie, in any story. Like this person who's who I'm rooting for constantly, and you do fall in love with the characters. This is technically a drama and a romance movie, mm-hmm. and so that's where Frida Pinto's character comes in. But I think even more so, this the film is also shared with the child actors because there's three lead child actors who were a part of the story as well, and then Dev Patel plays the present day character because it's a lot of flashback scenes. Do you feel kindred with the child actors? <laughs> why are you asking me that question paul no no I, reason i i i i'm gonna tell you what else i love about movies i love to go to a place that i've never been before mm. i love the food the, even something as simple as the buildings and the streets and the cars and the little sidewalk cafes for me i've never been to india before right and so i'm learning about this whole other world that I didn't know existed, mm. right? And so 20% of the film is in Hindu. And there's a lot of captions. So, I mean, I'm really, so I'm, I'm learning language. I'm learning, I'm getting visually stimulated. I'm being stimulated by the good writing, the great character arcs. So for me, it was a win-win coming out of the theater. I was like, this was really good. And so um, I'm not going to say a uh, spoiler because I really do want you to see it. It's... It's one of those movies that makes you feel really good when you come out. Like, there's a really... And now people always say that. Were, were you talking back to the movie? Because just so the audience may okay. know, going to the movies with Kenneth, he tends <laughs> to be very vocal. <laughs> he will just randomly lift his arms up towards the screen. <laughs> he claps at the screen like this. Like, I just want to know, in that theater, were you... Where did you have a lot of like action? He, he got up screen? and Bollywood danced. Oh, I, and you know what? I believe that's true. And there's a video somewhere. Let's pull it up. No, <laughs> y'all follow the link below. <laughs> Listen, I, I, because I love the movie going experience. Okay. Okay. I don't want to sit at home and watch my movie. I love, y'all. I love going to the movies. I love finding my parking space. I love having my snacks. I like my blanket. I like going to get um my By soda. snacks. Do you mean bacon in foil? Absolutely. Sometimes I'll fry some <laughs> he bacon. He means his dates. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, I wouldn't go say nothing, but since you brought it up. <laughs> you my snack today. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to grab my snack tonight. I'm, can I tell y'all, I love the previews. Mm-hmm. I don't want to miss the oh, previews. Oh, I do love previews too. I do. I like finding my seat. But there's something that happens. It's a community experience. And I don't think you can replace that communal experience with the at-home experience. Mm. I like watching a movie at home, but they're two different things. Two different experiences. And so I would like us to continue to hold space for that communal experience. When you see a horror film together and the audience takes the collective gasp because the creatures around the corner or we're all in suspense, the comedy. I love to see comedies opening weekend. That's yeah. my formula for that because usually you're going with the people who are diehard fans mm-hmm. of that particular comedian who's in who's ever driving that movie because I want to laugh with the real fans, right? So mm-hmm. for me, you're right. I do. Marcellus is right. I be getting all into this movie, grabbing people. One time I grabbed this person next to me, they arm because mm-hmm. I went to the movie by myself and we all laughed. But it, nobody was offended because we were all in that moment together. Yeah. So. I like when people are like just having a good time in theater. You hear people talking back. You hear whatever mm-hmm. laughing, but it's like a 
thing or you also know when it's time to be quiet like right. when i went to see quiet place nobody was talking somebody dropped a cup and everybody was like <gasps> Right, <laughs> right. Like, do you do not speak during this because you know? I I remember specifically seeing um, Castaway, and uh, during that movie, uh, like there, there was that very long sequence where, where he wasn't speaking at all. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And this woman in the front row stood up and turned to announce to the rest of the audience, "This is boring." <gasps> and she s- walked out and like all of the women that she came with also stood up like as if they were like army men and walked out with her and the entire front row was cleared and we were just, are you serious wow. <laughs> it was so weird <laughs> oh my god i remember i went to theater i went to go see sully uh-huh. about the uh, the captain who flipped the plane over or something they all landed in hudson river mm-hmm. it was me and a lot of senior citizens and mm-hmm. can i tell you we love the <laughs> I was there with all the senior citizens. Oh, I went no. in the middle of the day. They be having a good time. We were having mad a names. ball. And the lady were talking to me, and there was another gentleman on the other side to the right. We were talking to each other throughout the whole theater because only 14 of us. Right. I feel like I was watching with my friends. I saw this older lady go, and I had never seen this before, mainly because I don't really, I guess I didn't do movies that much. Mm-hmm. But she went and she bought five like tickets in advance for like movies. Not like one. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'm going to go see this on that day. Yes. I'm going to go see that on that day. Yes. And I get, I know now because like the AMC app that you right, get. Right. But I was like, she is really like planning her whole month out she wasn't planning. but i don't know if i've told this story before but one funny thing i remember a lot of different things at movies but a funny story i know that someone told me from movies mm-hmm. is i have a friend named butch and he in his heyday he kind of looked like like a black jesus because he had <laughs> oh like the whole beard he had the hair and everything so he said he went to see Passion of Christ. <laughs> and he said people just kind of kept looking at him, like, turn around and looking at him. <laughs> but the funniest thing he said was this lady behind him. No. Yeah, this lady behind him, when they were, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. beating Christ and everything, mm-hmm. every time they would hit him, she would go, oh! <laughs> she was like losing it and he was just like she should watch this at home <laughs> and I just thought that was the funniest thing in the world to me like she is in there losing it I but. feel like if it would be really Larry David if like she went uh-huh, and like spilled her like really red right. punch on him and then he like walked out of the theater bloody <laughs> that would have been very Larry right. David yeah. oh you guys <clears throat> excuse me this movie Went on to win eight Academy Awards. Ooh. Best picture, best director, best adapted screenplay. La, 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 la. It was. That, it, the they won that too? The yes. The okay. best award for La La La. Gotcha. Did they win best original song? <laughs> um, you would have to look it up. I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay. Uh, I can <laughs> tell you all right now that this made the film careers of both Dev Patel and Frida Pinto. Um, and I am going to tell you, Paul. That when you get a chance, uh-huh. if you want to bring a little bit more sunshine to your already sunshine-filled life, you might want to take a time to watch Slumdog Millionaire. Speaking of a, a little sunshine, <laughs> yes, yes. There, uh, when I was looking up movies that were in this time period uh-huh. to determine <laughs> what would be in the running for me, uh-huh. I saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was on you, that list, uh-huh. and I did not see that movie until. I moved out here, um, which was, when did I move out here? Like 2009, 2008, really? 2009. Really? And um, it took me so long to see it because when it came out, I think it came out in like 2001 or mm-hmm. something. I Everyone was talking about how it was such a great movie and I mm-hmm. literally just did not have time or the mm-hmm. moment to like devote to like I'm not going to go see that movie in mm-hmm. theaters I can't right now mm-hmm. and then everyone always talked about how it was like their favorite favorite movie mm-hmm. and I was like if you guys build it up so much 
I I'm not gonna be able to enjoy it right. the same no, that's way. The truth. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of waited until it like sort of fell out of collective consciousness. Right, right. And my friend Jake was uh same producer Jake was um was showing it at his house one night. He's like, mm. Yeah, what if we just watched uh, Eternal Sunshine tonight? And I was like, Great. He's like, Everyone's seen it, right? And I was like, Yep. And <laughs> we just all watched it together. And that was the best way for me to see it was without any build up. And I right. think so probably it would be a really good time to see Some Dog Millionaire right now, even though we just came off those podcasts where you're where you're talking about know, how much I you know. enjoyed it. Still it's like so far out of like It's so uh, far removed at this point yeah. from anything and and I haven't seen Eternal. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Internal Sunshine? Yeah, I haven't seen Internal that yet. Sunshine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I thought you said Internal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> what? But I know what movie you're talking about because Steve Carell, the yellow VW van. No, no, no? that's Little Miss Sunshine. Oh. My God. <gasps> oh! <laughs> I thought you were the movie guy. This is uh, Eternal Sunshine with Kate Winslet this and, coffee is and Jim Carrey. <laughs> Listen, I could have swore Paul this whole time was talking about <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine. No, I saw Little Miss Sunshine in theaters and it was great. I haven't seen either of these. Eternal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. There it is. Oh, producer Brandon pulled up the. Okay, no, I haven't seen that either. Yeah, you should. I'm gonna, okay. I will do it. We'll do a movie exchange. We should. So I'll go watch that one, and then you you watch Slumdog Millionaires and tell me what you guys think about it. Yeah, um, it's a lot of fun, y'all. I, and I'm not gonna take up too much time because I want to hear Paul's favorite. So I I was a little uh, I treated this like an assignment. I love um, it. I love it. I was a little stumped because when I think of the 2000s, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if I was specifically looking for something that was just in the time period mm-hmm. or something that captures the spirit of the 2000s. I know what you're saying. And That's how I felt. Yeah. In, in which when I was thinking of um, movies that capt- that I thought captured the spirit of the 2000s, I was mm-hmm. thinking of like like Mean Girls came out right. in the 2000s. Yes, I did as did that. As did Easy A. Yes. Um, and I think of those as both as like, the spirit of the 2000s mm-hmm. in terms of like oh, yeah. what kids mm-hmm. um, were and doing. Either and either approach what, would be okay. Yeah. And, but then I decided to look inward and think of like, okay, but who was I mm-hmm. during this time period during mm-hmm. the 2000s and what really um, resonated with me? I have a friend, Cheryl, who hosts a podcast called uh, Movies Made Me. Hey, Cheryl. In, in which you talk about the five movies that you think were the most affecting to you in your life. Ooh, I like that. And in 2007, um, I was still hung up on my high school girlfriend. Okay. okay. Um, we had broken up and I w- wanted to figure out how to win her back, but mm-hmm. I didn't really have the confidence. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do that. It just um, sounds like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to the theater and I saw Once at this time okay and i think once that's that's ultimately what made me think that like once is my favorite slash most important movie to me okay from 2000 2010 okay uh came out 2007 um it was important to me because i was in the film department at my school Mm -hmm. um and we were shooting on mini dv cameras before hd cameras were readily Mm -hmm. available Mm -hmm. and seeing once in theaters it was shot super low budget okay. this was just a whole bunch of filmmakers or a, a film a group of filmmakers in uh ireland and england coming coming together to make this movie okay 
and it starred uh, Glenn Hansard and Marquetta mm. Urglova. Okay. Relative, at least acting unknowns. So okay. Glenn Hansard had a music career that okay. uh, he was somewhat known for okay. at the time. He's a attractive redhead man uh-huh. in the lead. Uh, uh-huh. Also important <gasps> to me because growing up in my life when I watched any movie that had a redhead boy in it, mm-hmm. he was either a bully or he was a nerd. Oh. Um, there wasn't a lot of, you know, we talk about uh, diversity in, in filmmaking and, and it's not really something that's talked about because it's like, of course, there's always going to be a white lead. Like, that's right. not a thing. But he's always a brunette and, and lesser so a blonde, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but never, ever a redhead. This is something right. that's sort of changed more recently, which is, right. which is okay. nice. I get that. Um, so seeing that movie and being like, wow, this is a redhead male lead who the lead female finds attractive. Right, right. um, And she's just so charming in it. She's um, Eastern European, Uh uh, Romanian, I believe. And they come together and it's a musical, but it's like, it's a musical that makes sense. Something that bugs me in certain musicals is when I feel like, why are they they breaking out the song? (laughs) Right, right. Whereas in Once, you never wonder that because they're two musicians and they're coming together and they're coming together to make really beautiful music that's, based out, out of like uh, traditional Irish Aww. melodies and also traditional uh, Romanian melodies, but uh-huh. also like they're, they're like folk singers and okay. they make okay. really, really lovely music. Their, their song falling slowly was mm-hmm. uh, a hit in the radio waves. It won best original song mm-hmm. at the Oscars that year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that song in many ways, it's really lovely in the movie. But like, if you listen to the soundtrack, it's like, Maybe like, it's it might be in like the lower half of the top <laughs> ten for me. Okay, okay. Uh, Marketer Erglova's uh, song "The Hill" uh-huh. is really beautiful. She plays uh, piano okay. and she sings about her husband back in Romania, who um, just doesn't really appreciate her. Okay, and she's falling in love with Glenn Hansard's character, uh-huh. but she still, but I'm still married. Like I'm still right, married right. to this guy, and and that's kind of the whole point of the movie is that it's it's like a once in a lifetime these people come together they probably sh- would be made for each other in an alternate universe where oh, one's a wrestler um, <laughs> and Sandy Graves, Sandy Sandy Graves. Graves. <laughs> uh, but in the end it just uh, they they don't come together uh, oh, which is maybe wow. spoiling it for people but it's like that's it's the whole point of the movie <laughs> that's just like yeah when you watch this movie did it in any way give you the courage to say something it did so your high school would be sweetheart I went to I went back home uh-huh. and she was single at the mm-hmm. time and I had a date with her oh. and it was it went fairly well okay but I didn't I didn't have the courage necessarily to uh take it places that that she wanted me to take it oh, uh, okay okay and then my flight was the very next day oh, and okay that flight was oversold and they said if anyone wants to come back tomorrow to go Shut on a fight, will a you? Movie. Will, movie. will you give up your seats? And I and I said immediately, like like I felt like flooded and rushed. Like I I have to give up my seat. I have to go yes. and, and win her. Oh my God. And I went all the way to her doorstep and I said, I want to be with you. And she said no. Oh. Oh, oh God. Yeah. I was just about to celebrate. I was about <laughs> yeah. to say, oh my he everything was happening like a rom com. Yeah. Everything was happening. That's how life be. 
Yeah. So she literally changed her mind within less than 24 hours because the previous date night, everything was going great. I think it was because she didn't, yeah, because you, I was a boy. I was, I was uh, 17 and I was still figuring out like, yeah. how do, how do I, as we all are, how do I show some sort of, uh, masculine grown yeah. uh, aggression yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that is appropriate that like how do I read her mind to give her exactly what, what she's she expecting wants, exactly. me from right now Which exactly. while still, still respecting her and you know yeah. all, all of those things and it would just it's you know crazy. I'm, I'm crazy. not gonna put things on her because she was still figuring things out too yeah, but it's yeah. just like it, it's I think that's why that movie is so resonant to me because I it, that's also the movie it just it doesn't work out for them I gotta see this yeah. I gotta see I gotta this watch movie it too, because once. that's oh my god, Paul! That's a Lifetime movie. That's a Hallmark movie. <laughs> oh Can gosh! Be well, no, because in the Hallmark version of Paul's story, they would have got together. Right. You know, so it's not bad. And and in the would, Lifetime movie, I would have been a serial killer secretly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mm. in the Lifetime movie, Paul would have came back and killed her. <laughs> so I think both of those versions have potential. <laughs> we have writers in the room. Paul, do you have do you have like a favorite scene? Oh, uh, yeah. I think one of the scenes that really won me over in that movie was uh, she after she meets him, she's like, "Oh, I'm a musician too," mm-hmm. and he says, "Here, I have this piece that I've been working on, but I I'm not really sure mm-hmm. how how it should go, and it's just a backing beat." And mm-hmm. she listens to it on her Walkman, and she's walking through mm-hmm. the streets of Ireland, oh, wow. and she comes up with the lyrics on the spots and mm-hmm. and sings this really awesome song that like gives me chills. Kind of thinking about it, uh-huh. I, that's how I know it's a good scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a really long tracking shot of the the cameraman is walking backwards as she's singing along to this song, and her uh, my my friend who also really loves this movie. We we specifically love when she in her Romanian accent says when others say I lie as the lyrics mm-hmm. because her accent makes it sound like when others say I lie <laughs> but it's like <laughs> we're not laughing because of her accent it's more like we're so charmed because she's so like she's so sexy yeah like and yeah. it's a really it's a really good scene Marcel this would be a good time to play that song <laughs> because Paul is mentioning it. You know, I want to I want to let you know that if, right if if I went with every now. one of your suggestions, mm-hmm. the podcast would sound like a carnival. <laughs> Can I tell you we might win a webby? Um, <laughs> oh. There is a podcast category. <laughs> Thank you. If you would take my suggestions with the music, if I take your suggestions, we will not. And people win might a subscribe more if you thought about this is a collaboration. It is a and collaboration. I don't feel like you'd be collaborating with me. Paul just gave a beautiful he touching did. story. It was beautiful. And if you would do uh oh excuse me because i'm gonna I had to take i had to cough if you would do what i'm asking sometimes as yeah. a suggestion that would really color this part of the podcast you know what well. since paul is here and he's trying to bring us together i will do you know the name of the song no i see that's so. what let me know right there he don't even care he's not even trying to ask paul what the name of the song is i'm I, listen kenneth I will take your suggestions. No, that's okay. I will take your suggestions right after this break. Do me no favor. (laughs) Hey, you ever been injured in an auto accident? Don't wait. Call me right now. You may be entitled to compensation. I'm Lenny K. Parker. Nathaniel Thomas here. I was at the church annual picnic and got chicken grease all over my good knee. 
but I called Lenny K. Parker, and he got me $82.93. Ain't got no new knee, but I got some money. My name is Katie LaCroix. I called several law offices, and I was not able to find anyone who didn't want a down payment. I said, not today, devil. That's when I called Lenny K. Parker. Call now. Toll free. 1-800-444-0000. I'm Lenny K. Parker. I'm nearby, and I'm ready to fight for you. You ain't got to worry about no medical bills, no suffering or lost wages. Listen, you need somebody to go to choir rehearsal for you? We got somebody ready. You need somebody to go to your AA meeting? We got somebody ready for that, too. You got to go to a physical? We got somebody ready for that, too. It's Lenny K. Parker Law Offices. We going to handle everything. Call me right now. Devon Washington, uh, Lenny K. Parker got me $2.1 million, and I'm in a wheelchair. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with the most amazing Paul is our guest. Paul, Paul, Paul. Paul, Paul, you are amazing. Do you know that? Oh, thanks. This is really empowering, guys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to let you know you are amazing. (laughs) Well, you guys, we got Paul here who just finished sharing his amazing pick for a fave movie, as did I. We're now switching mediums. We are going to the wonderful world of television. The wonderful world. And y'all know some great shows came out in the 2000s. OMG. Some really good shows. We're looking at 2000, 2010. For those of you who are nerding out with us, please be kind if someone ends up in 2011. I don't know. But I'm just saying, this is where we're at. I got yelled at when I crossed any type of threshold of a decade by producer Brandon. Producer so Brandon did yell at you. I he need did. him to yell at anybody else. He did yell at you. Something. He did yell at you. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now that I might get yelled at. <laughs> See? So get ready, got, Paul. You might get yelled at. I got personally attacked. You mm-hmm. might get yelled at. Um, it was with Married with Children. Yeah. And Married with Children came out in 89. Oh. No, it was, was 87. 87. So producer Brandon was like, that's not an 80. But I was like, yes. Because it went from 87 to like 96 or something like that. Yeah. That's, so that's what I that's what I tr- sort of tried to weigh Brandon. things on. Is like, when when was the majority hey, of the series? I see it as when it started, when that's what it was. Series, huh? That's yeah. where it started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess what? We're... It was my choice. <gasps> Ooh. And I did it my way. Oh, okay. boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to jump into television. Television. I want to introduce Marcellus, the TV guy. That's me. And we have our guest, Paul. Paul is going to talk about his favorite TV show from the 2000s. And Marcellus is going to talk about his favorite show from the 2000s. We'll start with you, Marcellus. What's your favorite show from the 2000s? I'm so, I don't know. We don't know, you guys. We don't share with each other what we pick. So I'm really excited to see what they're going to say. So... Well, I know it wasn't Moesha because I would qualify Moesha as 90s, right? Right. Moesha right. Was that was 98, Moesha, actually. Yeah. 98. Yeah, Moesha. Moesha was, oh my God, 90s Moesha. for real. Um, no, as, you, as, I, as I mentioned before, the, the, the thousands were, that, that's, when I, that's when I was thriving. I'm talking about <laughs> everything. Are you not thriving now? No, I was really thriving <laughs> then. <laughs> Are you on your device? And I have my little TV, you know? Oh, yeah. And I would watch... <laughs> all kind of stuff i would sneak and watch wrestling because i wasn't supposed to watch it after a certain time kind of stuff like okay. i just remember did y'all grow up with a tv in your room i did did you grow up with a tv in your room mm, i wouldn't no i wouldn't say that I, I i got one maybe 
senior year, but it was like a little TV. A little TV. We went through phases in our childhood where we had a TV for a little while and then we didn't. Mm-hmm. So I think our parents wanted to be able to watch what we were watching. So mm-hmm. TV for the majority of our childhood was in the living room. Gotcha. And I think as we got older, we earned the right to have a TV in our room. Mm-hmm. But when you just said parents and sneaking and yeah. watching a show after a certain time. Yeah. I remember always having a TV in my room and that was because I always got the hand-me-down. So I wasn't getting no new TV, but I would get the TV that was probably like halfway broken or somebody okay. was you done with it, whatever. Channels. But I had the TV <laughs> and there was a certain time I was supposed to turn it off. Okay. And I remember <clears throat> one time I was like, but dad, I just want to watch. He said, read a book. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try to watch it with the volume low? <laughs> oh, I would every time. I would sneak. It, uh, that was just the life. Yeah. But the other funny part is. Hide the TV in the book. <laughs> right. <laughs> When things start getting good for my family, we had right. direct TV. And okay. I, th- I thought we was it on the right. block. Like, we got direct TV. Right. But we only had the box in the living room and my parents' room. Uh, so I would have to, like, if I really want to watch something on, like, all the channels, mm-hmm. I would have to go there. But anyway, 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 anyway. By this time of this show, I had, like, you know, gotten a little older. Okay. You know? And this show really meant a lot to me because I try to think of something as my fave, as mm-hmm. something that I'm like, Hell yeah. Like, I have to watch that. Mm-hmm. I think about it. I talk about it. That is a fave of mine. Yeah. And so my fave 2000s TV show is Lost. Oh. No? I had <laughs> No? Paul was disappointed. Paul <laughs> made me nervous. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you, you can say what you want to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you Paul why. hates the show. I'm going to tell you exactly why. He because I was ready it. for that. Because I am one of the people who fight for it, just okay. not the end of it. I'm going to be honest. I've never seen it. So just for the record, for all of our listeners, I've never seen Lost. Mm-hmm. I've heard things about it. Yeah. And I heard what you just said, which yeah. was it was good up until the up end. Until the end yeah. Lost has one of the strongest beginnings of a TV strongest. show. Strongest. And ever. I'm going to tell you, there are facts to why it was wow. so strong. Wow. Okay. Like, fascinating. I'm my, here for this. It's, it was along the lines of how they talk about Game of Thrones now, as far as like how much it costs to make an episode. Oh. Like, Lost was. They were on was, Game of Thrones money with Lost. Lost was a, a big. Well, I mean, at that time, like, right, right, Lost right, was right, high. Right. Um, also, but, uh, it had a, one of the most appropriate names for how I feel the writing team. Oh, fair. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. And listen, I Paul am going to tell about you, the fight. I am going to tell you, <laughs> I listen, just listen to my whole sequence of telling this, and I'm going to tell you why it's still my favorite no matter what. Ooh. Um, fight, so, fight, fight, as fight. you know, Lost is an American drama television, mm-hmm. you know, and it went from 2004 to 2010, okay. so definitely 2000s. Okay. But. <laughs> got a thumbs up from producer right. Brandon. <laughs> Let me tell you, it had 121 episodes. One oh, thing wow. that fell short for for Lost for me in general, and I wanted to make sure I mentioned this in the beginning, is because it was so good, because it had such a following, I think they did the same thing that I think Game of Thrones is starting to do, where they almost don't know what to do in some instances, so they have these filler situations and these things that you know don't really make sense with everything else, okay. and it starts to happen a little bit, a little bit more and more, mm-hmm. then you get a whole season of it kind of situation, in my in my opinion. Okay. So, basically, it's like supernatural science fiction, whatever, and that you was really don't you. know that. What is it? What you really genre? don't know that from the first episode. Okay. It's, it's drama, but okay. then it ends up going along... But the lines get blurred all the way through. Elements yeah. and supernatural elements. Okay. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so it was created by Jeffrey Lieber. I always like trying to pronounce that name. Jeffrey Lieber, J.J. Abrams, and uh, Damon Lindoff oh, and Carlton Cuse. We got a young J.J. Abrams in the mix. Yeah. 
Okay. Carlton Cuse, they were the producers. But J.J. Abrams, you know, mm-hmm. that was like, he was like going hard forward and just with this whole like writing situation. Mm-hmm. It really became um, a big deal. And even in 2004, you know, it wasn't this social media as it is now. Right. It wasn't a thing. But I just remember the talk being so high about it. Oh, it's everybody at work, everybody lost. in my... It was a water cooler show. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely, was. it definitely was. Did you see Lost last night? Right. It was that way at work. And uh, yeah, what? Oh, I thought you were talking about lust. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the most. Well, she took off her. It was one of the most expensive at the lust. time to film, uh, costing around like fourteen million. Oh my god, per episode? Uh, yes. So, well, no, towards the beginning, okay, like okay. there was an episode like that, but overall, yeah, yeah, and towards the end of the show it averaged over 11 million um u.s viewers okay so people were really just into it like you said it was like a watercolor show people were like you gotta watch lost and people mm-hmm. started building up mm-hmm. i remember me remember me getting on lost i didn't watch the beginning but me and my friend jasmine mm-hmm. she told me about lost and we would call each other same thing for heroes <laughs> we uh-huh. would call each other like okay we're gonna watch it and sit on the phone and not say nothing and then commercial break oh my god I can't believe I remember wow. and then go back but we still sitting on the phone like wow. I don't know what was up with us wow that's the equivalent of them now doing FaceTime and not saying nothing to each right, other right <laughs> right but anyway what I wanted to say like why it's my favorite is because I remember being glued to the TV I remember watching this show and wanting to know so more I am a sucker for you taking your time to build up to something and I get pieces of it and I'm confused here I don't like knowing everything right away and in in addition to that they had this real big style of the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. That show had nothing but flashbacks. And you'd be watching all of a sudden go. That was like a thing it did. Oh. And then you're in a whole different time. You're in a whole different whatever. But it started to become so much towards the end that you would just flashback to you don't even know what the hell is going on. You don't know who is what or where is what. Yeah, why is Jack sharpening that pencil right now? Right. It's like, I'm <laughs> so confused. I remember Jack. That was the guy with the long curly hair. Was that a no, that was Hugo. Hugo. Got yeah. Him. But, uh. Because <laughs> I watched the show. Never. There is something with, uh, what was it? Sawyer was yes, uh, one of I the characters. Yeah, Sawyer. Yeah, Sawyer. Um, I was reading a uh, book about the Zodiac to Sarah and it was talking about what her like sexual likes and dislikes were mm-hmm. and one of the things that said was her likes was swarthy looks and she was like what does that mean and i was like sawyer from lost <laughs> sawyer from lost is the definition of swarthy looks oh i gotta look that up swarthy yeah. looks and do i have a swarthy look a little bit you have, you got the long so, hair um <laughs> okay, got it. see paul jumped right in on that uh-huh. and marcellus you kept talking that was your opportunity to bridge the gap it's that like, I think you might be a little bit too uh, clean looking. Like, swarthy implies a little bit of, like, like oh, he's a little, he might not have taken a shower recently. Mm-hmm. Oh, rugged. Mm. Okay, then, yeah, I'm not, that's not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got it. Keep mm-hmm. going. But anyway, um, so the pilot was amazing. Mm-hmm. You got this, basically, I can give it away without spoiling because I do want, if you haven't seen it, to, you know, see it. But you have these people boarding this flight um, going from, I think, Australia to LA. Mm-hmm. And it's the uh, flight, Oceanic Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> and they're on this flight and then, of course, everybody knows there's a plane crash. Mm-hmm. And you just think that that, you know, is just what the show's about. Like, oh, what are they going to do now? Oh, they're lost. Oh, But from that plane crash on, it's just like, what? What? Mm-hmm. It goes like just the mysterious creatures to these things in the jungle to this here. There's to a this smoke monster. There's a there's polar a bear. There's a smoke monster. There's a what? polar bear. There's one monster that really didn't 
ever show up if i'm not mistaken it just kept hinting that it was there something in the bushes mm-hmm. i can't remember which one it was maybe that was part of the smoke monster then you got this other thing like the dharma initiative it's just all these things that came up but i remember just being so like engulfed in it and trying to figure out what does this mean but what made me mad about the show i gotta keep mentioning it, is that once you got towards the end it was almost like that stuff didn't matter all this stuff that they had built up that you just love but i still stand by the beginning of it because i remember <laughs> I fucking this loved is it. Marcel's favorite beginning TV right. show. Right. Okay. <laughs> I stopped watching after season two. Yeah. Oh my I god. Think, I think I I think it was amazing, and the following definitely shows uh-huh. that the show had potential, and they won hundreds of awards, and they even won I think the daytime Emmy, uh, well Emmy in two thousand five for best drama series. Okay. They won a Golden Globe. I think okay. It was. For best drama series and Screen Actors Guild Awards, okay. so everybody was on board from the beginning. Everybody felt the same way, like, "Oh, this is a great show." But then I think it ended season six. Once you get towards there, it was almost like me and Jasmine even said this. We were like, we felt like the writers was just sitting in the room, was like, "Well, we want to go ahead and bring this to an end. Who wants to uh, <laughs> try to do it?" And that's where I feel mm. like they kind of like, like you know, did a disservice Paul, to. Do the you viewers. agree with Marcellus? Yes, I think that the. Uh, I, I think that's even been captured in interviews is that they, they pitched this really compelling idea and that they didn't know how it was going to end. Like that was part of it. Like the writing team was like, we don't even know how it's going to end, which was like seen as a positive until people were like, Oh, they no, really you guys don't need know. to have a plan. <laughs> um, oh. I want to ask you because this was a big uh, ensemble piece. Okay. Who was your favorite character? And I'm glad you said that. Cause I was going to get to the point that this show had, hella people in the cast like and there were plus i'm gonna answer this but there were like pros and cons to it because they had a pro of being able to have all these people so they can do all these different stories Mm -hmm. but i think that's where the the failure came in Mm -hmm. is like you kind of missed everything but i think mine were out of uh evangeline lily's character what is kate Mm -hmm. i love kate out of her and sawyer Mm. because i just like that sawyer had that like you said that 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 rugged look and he was kind of loved but hated at the same time yeah and i kind of like that in the character because you just never know where they're gonna go mm-hmm. they had but, a love triangle with yeah. kate sawyer and jack yeah and, and jack sort of was like was it like kate was gonna go it towards the boy scout or was she gonna go towards the the shitty guy mm-hmm. because she had pieces of them both as right. part of her Mm. It was just like like a Vampire Diaries type of thing. And speaking of, Ian Summerhalder was on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Let like me Carly ask you or because this, this is something y'all just brought up. Do you think that television should allow people to experiment with stuff like that? So if the if you pitch a show, right, and you go, well, a part of the appeal is we don't know how it's going to end. We'll figure it out when we get there. Mm-hmm. Do you think now Lost messed it up for somebody who might try to go down that same route? I don't think you should go down that route. Yeah. <laughs> so just so okay, I'm hearing you, Paul. Paul's like, don't ever do that route. You should know for a fact how your story is going to end. I, I well, go oh, ahead. no, you got. I just stand by the gold that came from the beginning. I know it fell apart, but Mm. it's almost like I don't care because I was so into that show. I was so into whatever. And though they didn't tie the ends, which makes me feel like, oh, I wish they would have got that together. I still love the fact that there was something that I was able to. Because to be honest with you, I don't really know a show that was amazing that ended that ended. And I was like, huh, they did that well. I just kind of feel like shows always end in a weird way because 
they never really know how to end them mm. personally that's West how swing. they ended that good yeah West I, Wing? I, mm-hmm. I think that like a good writer's room should go into the beginning of a show knowing or having an idea of how they want the story to end right mm-hmm. and if they're like we we are guaranteed three seasons or they gave us a, uh, a chance for three seasons and then along the way it becomes popular and they're like well now you have seven seasons there's that decision that they have to make of like, right, when are we gonna are we gonna make this ending that we've been thinking about from the beginning be the ending, and thus we are gonna expand and fill this with filler? Are we gonna be able to expand these other characters so that that filler feels good and still compelling along the way, or do we end it around where we said we were gonna end it and then continue the story? onward from that original ending and i think one way can be good and one way can be good it's like like, i made this point before when i was talking about like golden girls Mm -hmm. versus uh i can't even think some of this a lot of older shows Mm -hmm. i feel like especially like sitcoms or whatever they kind of got into that point where you know they ended on a high note Mm -hmm. so i think even golden girls even i love lucy they ended when they were in high accolades, a whole bunch of people watching it, Nelson ratings were like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the end, people get sad or whatever the end. But mm-hmm. like you're saying, if somebody comes along and is like, this is great, you're doing great, we're making a lot of money, let's pump seven more seasons in there. I feel like that ends up happening. Right. I feel like that ends up happening because there's some shows you watch where you're like, quality uh, over quantity. But I'll say, even with uh, Lost, with the people I know who liked it, we watched, you know, we just were like, oh, Right, because you're obviously looking like, forward no, to reward you. It just feels weird. You're, and you yeah. got hope. Like, it's going to get good. They're right. going to turn it around. They're, They're going to pull it together. together. Yeah. And then they don't. So, right. I get it. But then also, for me, I just feel like trying to please everybody, too. If there's a general sense, like, <laughs> lost as far as the end, there's a general mm-hmm. sense, like, uh, mm-hmm. y'all kind of dropped the ball with that. Then, cool. But, like, I even think of, like, Game of Thrones now with, mm-hmm. like, how everybody's making comments on it. It's mm-hmm. like... You have so many mixed things, and now this like this platform where everybody can voice it. So it's almost like mm-hmm. you just gotta wait and see, mm-hmm. and then see if how everybody feels at mm-hmm. once. <laughs> yeah, I well, I guess if there's a general standard though of how to do things, which then I think is the issue. So mm-hmm. if you don't follow the general rule of how to do it, then you open yourself up for even more criticism. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. I think like no. Paul said though, when you have a story that's like, all right, I've got five seasons, and then the end. And then the studio's like, no, 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 give us more. And it's like, oh, 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 okay. Monkeys, get the monkeys to write, you know. And now everything starts to kind of fall apart. Yeah. Because you didn't really have a story to tell past those first five seasons. God dang moneymakers in Hollywood. Y'all are messing us up. Mm-hmm. Everything's not about money. Because sometimes a show should end at four seasons. And, yeah, for on, sure. and we should just be on to the next original idea yeah. or on to the next thing. But I think fi- time and time again, money keeps messing up the creativity part because you got the big you know accounting people oh my god this is making a lot of money we're able right. to sell all this um, advertisement and so we need four more seasons or and the just, writers are like but maybe the story isn't four more seasons right worth. or just even ideas that the the outside people are kind of like pumping in mm-hmm. to because they're you know, business people money. they've lost the creativeness at some yeah, point right? it's just and they're all just about like hey cha-ching 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 um also just to, to add these last little points on there um, I thought it was just cool, uh, again, with the amount of characters that they did have, because I thought, wow, that's like a huge cast. Yeah. And even on that, like that front main picture, you see it's like a whole line of people. Right. And that's just like some of them. They still got these other people that are part. One thing that was cool, uh, a lot of this cast moved over to Once Upon a Time. There's a lot of this oh. cast in Once Upon a Time. You'll see. I think, I think it was some of the same showrunners. I don't know if the facts, so we can look that up. But mm-hmm. um 
you have a lot of the same people that acted in uh, this show in that show. And that could have something to do too with the station because, you know, sometimes they do that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but fun facts, um, I thought was kind of cool. The main character was Jack was actually supposed to be killed off in the pilot. And oh. Kate was going to be like the hero of everything. Okay. And I thought that was interesting. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, but what's funny is someone came along uh, higher up and said that they didn't think that was a good idea because the audience wouldn't connect fully with Kate and they didn't think it would be a good idea to have someone that you're that connected to because he did a lot in the pilot uh-huh. someone that you're that connected to to die so early oh. may take away from it and I'm like well okay okay somebody got some more checks right <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought it was also cool that they did most of their filming in Oahu Hawaii and Ooh. it was also cool that nice. at one point it rained for 42 days straight oh, oh wow and that messed up <laughs> a lot of their recording and they have a part in there where they they meet at this kind of like construction site mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a pit almost mm-hmm. and that flooded and was like flooded for a while and it messed up a lot of their recording and they had to get some of the cast to wear like boots mm-hmm. and stuff to do everything because they couldn't come out in their regular gears so it just was a, wow it just was draining and a problem for everybody and i don't know i think just overall for me i I was thinking like, what show should I, there's so many shows in 2000, whatever. But what really came to my mind, I had like four shows, so I'm using the other ones as my honorable mentions. Uh, but what I remember, what I remember being the most happy about was like, oh, I want to know what's going to happen on Lost. I want to know what are they going to find? What's going to happen here? Right, so, right. It kept you coming back for more. Yeah. The hatch. The hatch. Yes. <laughs> uh, I just loved that part of it. Like, what's in that hatch? What's going on? And then, you know, but by the end of it, I'm like, oh, I wish they would have did more with it, but I still love it. Oh my God. Paul? Yes. We have come to the point in the podcast where we get to hear about your fave TV show. All right. Well, I might get side-eyed for, for this. <laughs> we heard about this. There's yeah. a rumor going around. Well, just because I... Mm. This is a show that I would like to talk about, but I mm. could get vetoed. Uh, because Uh-oh. it began in 1997, and it ended in 2004. Mmm. Does mm. that count as 2000s? <sighs> I'm going to say this. We need to hear the show. And it might have already been talked about. That's fine. When you guys talked about vampires. That's okay. It's all right. It's all right. This is my favorite show of all time. It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. oh. You just. You just. Now he's going to You know why he's going to allow it? Because it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And that's producer back. Brandon's favorite show. Yes. Okay. Please tell us more. All right. Well, <laughs> I it's also um my, uh, it's also Sarah Oliver's uh one of her it might be her favorite show of all time as well. Okay. It just hit me at the right time in my life. That's that's part of why it's so important and it's and it continues to be so important mm-hmm. to people of all different walks of life to mm-hmm. this day. They talk about rebooting it all the time, mm-hmm. but it's so funny because people are still discovering it right. and people still talk about it like i i hear um about like 13 year year old uh lgbt kids mm-hmm. who discover mm-hmm. the show and mm-hmm. it resonates with them mm-hmm. the, the show had i believe the first mainstream television lgbt kiss on mm-hmm. on tv between uh the characters willow and tara mm-hmm. uh and they that. did it in the very best way too they didn't eroticize it mm-hmm. it was on a character it was on an episode where they were dealing 
very realistically with death mm. that they first kissed mm-hmm. to calm the other down and show like it's okay we'll get through this mm-hmm. i love you mm-hmm. as opposed to like li- watch these lesbians kiss right. which is like was so the um like would have been such a sign of the time like being a wrestling fan i think on the sa- at the same time on on wrestling eric bischoff was on tv being mm. like who's ready for some hla hot lesbian action and they like got wow. these two random girls to like mm. make out and i'm like they're not they're just there to make yeah. a buck like, yeah exactly <laughs> who exactly are these girls exactly so they could have capitalized on that yeah but they chose to play to everyone's higher intelligence yeah for sure and and that's often what the show was it was that first season was a little rough and mm-hmm. i actually didn't watch the first season for a long time i didn't which may be why the show is so 2000s to me is because mm-hmm. i didn't watch it until college like in succession i okay. watched it okay, like that's fair in pieces because that so much of my middle school and high school life was like homework after school activities mm-hmm. what the hell am i gonna do right, like, right let's right. play video games in right. my spare time and it wasn't until i got to college when i went to like one of those stores where you can buy all the used uh cds and dvds <laughs> yeah. and yeah. i got every season and watched them successively mm-hmm. and i was like okay next time i have uh 29.99 i'm going back <laughs> to that store and, and getting the next season right and I watched it in succession, then I watched it with my roommate in succession, then uh-huh. I watched it with my girlfriend in succession, uh-huh. then uh-huh. my roommate watched it with her boyfriend in succession, and I would like pop in every once right, in a while. I was right. like, which one are you watching? Oh, Homecoming? I'll watch that episode anytime you ever want. Right, um, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, that's actually, yeah, that's, that episode, Homecoming, when people talk about like, what episode should I start with? And I was like, not episode one, because you're not going to like it. See, the episode called Homecoming from season three has some of the best camp moments. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that people love about Buffy is is its camp humor. Okay. Um, uh-huh. More more often than not, even though they talk about, the creators of the show talk about it being um, a different genre every episode. And, mm-hmm. and it does feel like that. Like there's a musical episode, there's a mm-hmm. horror episode, there's mm-hmm. a that episode about death that they play so real. Mm-hmm. There's some that are so stupid mm-hmm. un- intentionally comedy but camp was like what they played with the okay. most and um that there is that line that episode where uh cordelia is like the popular girl at school who ends up with buffy who's in the middle of slaying demons mm-hmm. and they're both on their way to homecoming but they uh get stopped by all these demons and hunted mm-hmm. and they're stuck in this cabin in the middle of the woods and she says um okay there's um uh cordelia go look for weapons and she's like well there's there's a a uh there's a phone and there's a spatula so i grabbed the spatula she's like you don't think the the phone's important she's like no the, the spatula's better for like hitting and she's like no to f- like to call someone <laughs> and then um later this guy like attacks her and he's like this like hunter like van pelt of ala jumanji and uh-huh. he's like got this rifle and he's uh-huh. fighting buffy buffy never uses guns mm-hmm. in the series um which is another great sort of political underrated right, message along right. the way. Uh, the gun slides out of her hand, and uh, as it slides away, Buffy's struggling with this guy, and she's like, Cordelia, the gun! And she picks up the gun, never shot out a gun in her mm. life, starts shooting all over the place, like busting out windows. Oh my and God. Buffy just like defeatedly is like, Cordelia, the spatula. <laughs> <laughs> so one of those just really comically mo- perfect moments. Um, 
so as we talk about like characters that you relate to that like that's that's one of those shows so many people love that show mm-hmm. because you had a protagonist this mm-hmm. young powerful woman mm-hmm. with the weight on her shoulder uh, the weight of the world on her shoulders mm-hmm. struggling with really difficult decisions stopping to cry when things were mm-hmm. overwhelming and mm-hmm. i think it was like in that time period when the show started it was like we were so used to Bruce Willis mm-hmm. smashing himself through windows mm-hmm. and being covered mm-hmm. in glass, never crying and just trying to like find like right. my, my daughter and my wife, you right, know, right, like right, right, right. there was nothing human about these male Mm-mm. superheroes. Mm-mm. And yet we got Buffy who mm-hmm. was the most human superhero that we could find in that time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that, you know, of course young women related to like finally a, a heroine that, that I feel like is me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, young men who are maybe more sensitive who are mm. saying like, gosh, yeah, I relate to mm-hmm. her. And, and mm-hmm. then of course the uh, entire LGBT community who felt embraced by that show. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's just so solid. I remember producer Brandon, he loved that show. And I remember walking in so many times he was watching it. It's funny because Close I, the door. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I was going to say. Uh, moving on. No. <laughs> I came into Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, mm-hmm. with Christy Swanson. I think Luke Perry was in it. He was. And so that's like, so I obviously I was there for the movie and I was like, right. yeah, this is amazing. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, this is great. And then I was like, they're making a TV show. But. I get all the reasons why y'all loved it. Like, so anytime I did see an episode here or there, I was in it to win it, you know, and I just never went back to like do the whole thing. But I think it's a really dope. I think that could definitely be 2000s. You should, you should do the whole thing. Yeah. I think that that, that first season feels like a nineties TV show. Okay. But about halfway through season two, that show kicks into a different gear. Okay. And I think it started kicking off the changes that we would see mm-hmm. in 2000s television. It was mm-hmm. really, nice. it's been put in lists on like TV guide of like best TV shows of all time. Like mm. it's, it's, it's interesting because so many people talk about loving that show. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, it's so underrated because people right. see it as like, I watched one episode where like, there was a praying mantis teacher and thus that right, show is that's, garbage. It's just no longer acceptable yeah. to be good television. Yeah. When you don't understand probably genres and what's going on and how yeah. we, TV shows can have different tones. And at the yeah. same time, doesn't mean that it's not good. Yeah. There's, so there's a question that I ask uh, a lot of my friends mm-hmm. and it's related to Buffy. Um, when we, we have these moments in our life when we're, when we're children and we're mm-hmm. watching shows and mm-hmm. we, and we see things that, we understand to be sexy, but we don't necessarily relate to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there comes a point in our life where we have sort of like a sexual awakening, mm-hmm. and this is mm-hmm. and it's something that usually media helps facilitate. Yeah. Can you guys think of like a moment in your life where you felt like where you were watching TV or a movie, and you were like, "What is what is this sensation? This mm-hmm. is new." Um, for a lot of my female friends, it was just watching Titanic and being like, Leonardo DiCaprio, what have you done to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I think um, there was something about Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct. Oh, of course there was something about Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct. There was a, li- there was a little something something. <laughs> there was something about this... Um, 
And and there was also something with Demi Moore, I think, in Disclosure with, I think it was Michael, um, Michael Douglas, where they kind of reversed the whole sexual um, at work you where she was the female boss and then she was basically um praying on michael douglas mm-hmm. and putting him in like i don't know there's something about this femme fatale type of sexual yeah. energy that i was picking up on and i was like <gasps> i mean obviously sharon stone was playing the sexual like it was very on purpose but i think that coupled with me still being in that place where i was just like Oh, this is like this is forbidden. Like I shouldn't be watching this. Or- See, and, and knowing that that was something you responded to, something that I responded to was uh, in season three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There's an episode called <laughs> The Zeppo, uh-huh. in which uh, Xander is like the lovable buffoon on the yeah, show, yeah. and he gets pulled into a hotel room by Eliza Dishku, who uh-huh. played Faith, the like bad Slayer. Yeah, and yeah. after she finishes slaying, he like saves her and they always talk about on the show how like slaying gives the slayers like a little bit of like a little like sexual like ah, afterwards okay, okay and so she pulls xander into this hotel room and he loses his virginity to her oh and she like you know gets on top of him and mm-hmm. it, it is very that like femme fatale moment i remember watching that and just being like eliza dishko <laughs> um <laughs> later i uh ended up working with eliza dishko on the set of princess rap battles oh wow and uh she i was a department head and so she like went down the line of like hi i'm eliza hi i'm eliza hi i'm eliza and i was like i know who you are <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea <laughs> i'm a man because of you. <laughs> I don't know. It's something about powerful women uh, that I find sexy. Mm. It's not intimidating at all. I, uh, women in power, women with power. I just like, oh, yes, like turn the tables. Mm-hmm. Let's shake up, you know, this, you know, patriarchal society. I don't know. It's just, oh, I love Amazons and Wonder Woman. Anytime I love powerful women, Catwoman. I, yeah, I was going to say, Cat I was like, Catwoman was I, very I just sexy to me. The way you're talking, I'm like thinking of that Eartha Kit interview right now. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm mad. Oh, I'll watch that on repeat. <laughs> she yeah, went into that off. interviewer. She said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no I, I really, I feel the same way, though, about women. But mine is kind of funny. It's kind of two that pop in my head for whatever reason. Okay. And I feel like it's going to sound a little weird. But so I've always been in love. Say... No, I've always been in love and idolized. Um, oh, now her name just left me. Her, her, her brother's a preacher. Uh, Grace Jones. Grace Jones. Okay, I've always been in love and like idolized her, but I think somewhere in it that androgyny, something about her, just made me like attracted to her. Okay. And there was an interview that she did, and she was just so cool and calm, but mm-hmm. just like knowing she was a woman, but she just had this like mm-hmm. this like swag to her, and she mm-hmm. just smiling. She's like, "What do you mean? This is?" He was like, "Do you consider yourself masculine or feminine?" And she said, "What is masculinity?" She just <laughs> smiling. I'm like, <laughs> but it's just something about I like. But I know that in Boomerang mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. she was like. And all that <laughs> yes, stuff, and everything yes. about her, and she like wiped herself and handed him the pants. I remember just feeling like weird. Yeah. That's just the thing that I remember feeling, but like into it and weird. Uh-huh. And then also, I think all of American Pie kind of <laughs> made me kind of feel like something about this. I think I like too much. So the pie. That's, that's <laughs> one of those movies I shouldn't have watched with my parents <laughs> yeah. in the room. I'm like, wait, um, 
<laughs> right. Something about this right. is weird, but right. yeah. So. <laughs> Your parents were Eugene Levy. Right. <laughs> You're like, uh, Paul. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> this is a little I think that's pretty dope. That's awesome. That's the first of all, it's a dope question because I think we don't it's think dope. about how much media does influence us in those ways. And, and you'll we get to think back moments. on those times, like when you were right. like, it's like what my parents, like why did they let me watch Basic Instinct? Like what was like you know I don't know where they were I don't know what's going on, but yeah I just uh, I could totally agree with that. Y'all have some really good television shows. Yeah, these are really good. Like I totally get that. Oh, producer Brandon is like totally on yeah, board. Produce. By the way, Paul, you're good. Uh, no, I just love, of course, I just love TV. Uh, I love film too, but I love just the fact that you get to go on these series with these people you get to mm-hmm. like live this life mm-hmm. and, it, and for a movie it's like it could be life changing it's right there mm-hmm. you can watch it over over and over again but I feel like with TV you get to grow up with these people mm-hmm. you get to see what they're doing and mm-hmm. I remember like even Sister Sister I just thought it was so outstanding that they got boyfriends right I'm like they got boyfriends now like right 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 you they're growing grow up with these yeah. people you see what they're doing you go and then you realize it's not real right right <laughs> and on that note just no. like that. <laughs> the, the, the journey of characters in movies, how like you can, they have you have to work so hard in a script to feel emotionally uh, yeah. devastated for someone if something yeah. terrible happens to them in a movie. You yeah. have to focus solely on that one character and the development so that you that devastation is earned. Whereas exactly. in a TV show, there's time to do this. There's time to do <laughs> yeah. it for every single person. Every person, yep. You, yep. you feel you 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 is someone you like, mm-hmm. and that change. I think they were talking about when they were recapping uh, Game of Thrones, an mm-hmm. episode that we had watched. When you like this character, when there's something about them that's relatable, mm-hmm. then that starts to really like change how you feel about them. And right, you're going through this whole little life cycle with them, especially like for like the that natural like series where Mm -hmm. it's not like sitcom or Mm multi-camera it's just Mm -hmm. almost shot like a film so you get the benefits of a film but then you get that extra time for all the other stuff right and I love it I don't know y'all we're in a golden age of television I think because there was a time I think when television was a golden and then it seemed like everyone wanted to do movies and no one wanted to do television Mm -hmm. and now like television there's some really good stuff out there on TV right now as an actor if I had to choose I always wanted to do television I felt like for those same reasons that y'all just mentioned, to be able to grow up with your audience and because you have time to tell stories and develop characters. Yeah. And so I was like, ooh, I would I would love to do television over movies any day. I also mm-hmm. like being over and done with things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like working on a movie for a half a year as mm-hmm. opposed to working on a season of a TV show for half mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. give me give me that variety. I, well, yeah. Two takes and I'm out of here. Right, right. And yeah. there's something about being able to go into the studio a lot and do mm-hmm. your thing and you there's a sense of community, you know everybody. Like going to work but with a very untraditional job. Yeah. That to me would be like the best of both worlds. What I also think is amazing is like the time we're in. Uh, I don't remember the years exactly, but let's go all the way back when you really didn't have TV, you really didn't a radio, we have film, yeah, and have that. But the people were, in a sense, even though they consumed things like mm-hmm. radio, or whatever. But even before that, okay. the people were the makers. Mm-hmm. People came together or did a play, or they did they mm-hmm. they made kind of their own entertainment. Mm-hmm. Then radio, TV, everything comes along, and you mm-hmm. become the consumer. Now we're all going to see this. We're all going to, mm-hmm. and now we have moved into a place where we're the makers and the consumers. Right. So you can go and watch TV, or you also can make a web series. Right. You can go and listen to the radio, or you can have a podcast or have mm-hmm. a radio station. So I think that's what makes it so amazing now in this day and age where you can kind of make those things 
or you can choose I'm just gonna you know I just want to consume right. kind I'm of thing gonna watch it so I just think that's I don't know I think that's fun it's always been you always been able to make stuff but just it's so available now I'm right. gonna squish slime on Instagram yeah <laughs> right <laughs> I'm just gonna do I'm gonna eat chip can I tell you though <laughs> listen you know the thing is like so satisfying or oddly satisfying have you seen that yeah I went on my little Snapchat story mm. and watched that one time. I was like, what is this stuff? And I was just like, it's something about it is a little satisfying in this weird way with these nails and people like touching and pulling Put you in your, in your phone trance. Right. Yeah. You're just like somewhere else. But anyway. <laughs> we both took a breath right. at the same time. <laughs> you know where we're going? No. Oh, well, you're going to do it? Oh my God. I thought you were going to do it. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and take a break. <laughs> my name is Patty Penelope and I transform children into world-renowned dancers. That's what I'm known for. I have the best dance studio in California. Everybody wants to be there, so I'm giving you a personal invite. Bring your kids. I'm going to let them in. All I ask is that your payments go through. I even have a parent to tell you about it right now. Hi, I'm Marsha West. My daughter is Dubai West. All I can tell you is that she has made a complete 360. Her confidence used to be zero. Now she's a hero. She actually looks me and my husband in the eye when she talks to us. <laughs> Thanks, Patty. That's right. Little Dubai was pigeon-toed, and I fixed it for her. I want everyone to know that this is the best dance studio in California. And listen, I want you to know now, I love you guys, but I have no time for your kids. <laughs> hey, you guys shut up, okay? You're not going to get the trophies dancing like that. I have no time for your kids bullshit. I want them to be amazing. Here's one more parent to tell you about it. Dina Lee Covington here and uh, my baby's Ambrosia Covington. Listen, I am a little worried because my baby's hair is falling out. I think it's due to the stress. However, my baby has juvenile diabetes and doctor says I should keep her in some type of physical activity. So we're going to keep her here at the... Oh God, she's approaching me with a stick. Do you guys think you're going to beat Blessed Move Studio dancing like that? Shit! Listen, just because I hit your children does not mean I don't love them. Anyway, I always make sure to treat your kids with respect because I respect them. All I want you to know is we're in Burbank, 425 North Burbank Ave. I need you guys there. Will I see you? I hope so. Come on down. <laughs> Shut up and dance! Welcome back to the Shucking and Jiving Podcast. I'm your main Shuck, Shuckery. And I'm Jerry Jive. <laughs> Jerry Jive. <laughs> and I don't belong here. <laughs> it is our wonderful time for our, our must watch, as well as we throw a little honorable mention in. And all this is basically is just almost off the top of our head, just our things that we really think you should watch that are from this decade mm-hmm. things we think you would be interested in just little things we could throw we made out it this category because we wanted to say because we just wanted to throw more <laughs> stuff in there but you know what i found funny i get a lot of people that tell me i wouldn't watch that because of that oh my i can't believe that's it. true i was like wow okay thank you guys who so are, we gonna keep on throwing them out there then because people do come up to me like oh my god i watched that because I, somebody my co-worker just said the other day i watched breakfast club because of you uh-huh. and i've never seen it before i was like oh my god you know what i'm gonna take this time can you look something up for me uh producer yes, brandon house of sand and fog I want to see when that what what year span that was because I know I'm not the the movie guy, but I want to throw a movie out there. Oh, you do? You want to try to step on my territory? 2003. Uh, I just love this movie because my heart is very very dark. We're out on a. My heart is very dark, and it's rare for me to cry during a movie and Mm -hmm. or a show. Mm -hmm. I make it a little misty, Mm -hmm. a little bit. But I remember watching this movie, and I was like, 
<laughs> is there something in the air? I just remember this one got it me. It was sand and fog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. It's that sand and fog but it's, in such, your it's, eyes. it's such a deep movie. So if you have not seen it, or I think I talked about it in our tearjerker, honestly. But if you haven't seen it or anything, you should definitely watch. You should definitely watch. That was a good one. That but I'll let, one. I'll let you do the movies. No, it's fine. You've already done it. I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and talk about, real quick, honorable mention, the 2000s wouldn't be the 2000s without Avatar. Uh, James Cameron comes along with this great, you know, movie. By the way, they're still working on like, like three more Avatar movies, yeah. and there was a James headline Cameron. about um, he pushed them back, and so there's going to be like great, um, what they were saying, releases for like the next five or seven Christmases because mm-hmm. they're all set. There's Star Wars movies and Avatar, Star Wars movie and an Avatar, Star Wars movie and Avatar movie, all the way through 2025 or something like that. Wow. Too much. And yeah, right. it's going to be like, like, wow. Yeah, so James Cameron has been working on this movies, these sequels forever. So I thought it was pretty dope because it's like some stop animation, some a lot of technical advances in the world of filmmaking attached to this film. And so everyone was talking about what a spectacle it was to go see it and you got to go see it. I felt like it did kind of live up to that as far as the visual of it. But the story, people were really like, oh, the story wasn't that original or wasn't that whatever. But visually, Avatar is amazing to me. And then if I had to do another honorable mention, it would be 28 Days Later, which I already talked about to me. With the track running zombies? Listen, anytime zombies run track, mm-hmm. Paul, I'm going to tell you now, if I had, if you got bit, I'd have to let you go. I'm just telling you that now. Fair. Is that fair? Okay, great. Um, must watch? Well, Paul, do you have any must watches or honorable mentions that you can Anything that was on your head that you just had like a burning desire to talk about? Ooh, when did The Descent come out? Ooh, I already the know what you're talking Descent. about. Horror film. Yeah, it's a horror movie that... 2000, no, that's part two. Because um, those are the, the spelunking people. Are those the spelunkers? Yes. 2005. Ooh, you're in it to win it. Yeah. Win it. Uh, the Descent was a movie that someone suggested to me when I was <laughs> writing my first uh, horror movie. Because mm-hmm. I'm not a huge horror fan. Ooh, and, I didn't think you were. And so they said, like, I would ask people, like, what are the best horror movies? And they're like, oh, Alien. I was like, mm, I consider mm. that, a, like, that's a sci-fi thriller. That's a thriller. sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank you. And so I, someone suggested The Descent. And what I love about The Descent is that it's an all-female cast. They go spelunking. Mm-hmm. And because it's all-female, no one falls into that category of, like, there's the whore and there's the virginal one. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, mm-hmm. they skirt those tropes. And it's just them surviving and it's it's pulse pounding um and again recently i just met the star of the descent she oh. lives in scotland her name is uh shauna and she um, wow works at the uh edinburgh youth theater which is wow. where i just went and taught stage combat because nice. paul's a celebrity so that was really nice um and then the other honorable mention and because i do production design people uh talk about like what is your favorite movie for production design Mm -hmm. one of my favorite favorite movies is called hero Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. um so good it's what's funny is that it came out after crouching tiger hidden dragon Mm -hmm. i -hmm. believe it is the superior movie to crouching tiger hidden dragon if Mm -hmm. you have to compare them Mm -hmm. um it's starring jet lee it has um maggie chung it has zhang ziyi Mm -hmm. um the story of hero is about a guy who's telling the story on how he killed these outlaws to this emperor Mm -hmm. and the emperor keeps saying that's not how it happened Mm -hmm. and so he has to retell the story several 
times. Mm-hmm. And the reason it becomes such a beautiful production design piece is that it's they tell the story through color stories. Mm-hmm. And they tell it in shades of red and in greens. And it's so gorgeous. There's this one part where um, two characters are making love mm-hmm. in the center of the frame. And it's funny to say making love. Sometimes I'll just use they're, they're having sex. But no, these, right, right, the right. way this looks... Their bodies are beneath pink silk in this yes, giant bed yes, from above, yes, and their yes. bodies like look like a beating heart together. Yes. And it's so artful, and if you like, if you like artfulness, and you like uh, martial arts movies, it's got it's got everything. It's got everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is Paul. It's got everything. <laughs> I, you know what? That's great, great, great choices. Yeah. When you said that, I thought about that scene, and I mm-hmm. could just imagine the ribbons of fabric yeah. as they were embracing each other. I was like, oh my god, what am I looking at? It's yeah. Gorgeous. Gorgeous, honey. Gorgeous, honey. Uh, my must watch for television. Um, I thought about a lot because it's 2000. There's so many shows. Shows I saw. Whatever. 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 One that I just keep thinking of is Arrested Development. Yes. If you mm. have not seen Arrested Development, that the mom alone, she just uh, <laughs> Lucille I just, Blue. Lucille. I just feel like every time I have watched that, I, I just I'm dying laughing. But there's one part that stands out to me. Um, I think he was. What's the brother's name? Because I'm forgetting it. The uh, which brother? Kinda, Job. It's kind of obnoxious. I think it's Job. Job is Job. the one who does magic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Job. He was doing all this stuff, and I think he was like building these like model homes. Yeah, and he was talking about like they're solid, and he was like solid as a rock. But they thought they were talking about like Iraq, uh, and it was like all this. <laughs> other, it was just, it's just so many little like jokes and funny yeah. little messages in there that I think is great. So. I gotta watch. It. I've never seen Arrested Development before. It's huh, It's really funny. I gotta go back. And, and I, th- I like the type of humor it is, though. It's not just straight out like. It's uh-huh. just all these little things the sarcasm and stuff and that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff I find funny I would say if you're if you're listening at home and you're like I've never given Arrested Development a chance but I like Archer um, I think Archer is a very comparable show Sim- okay. just because it, the, the humor the hits humor, and lands yeah. in, the, in the same way yeah. but this is not about super spies but if you're like man that Mallory Mallory is so funny <laughs> yeah. it's like well she's the same character on Arrested Development yeah. and she's <laughs> hilarious on that too hilarious and as far as honorable mentions I mean as I said there's so many I just That's So Raven was like amazing oh that's a good 2000s like she, she uh, that that's was so a great Raven. show so iconic too right iconic the, you know it's almost like the thing is like yeah. the genie from I Dream a Genie right we all knew I, I Dream a Genie see. when she did her head and so yeah. when Raven Simone does that that I, and she's really funny. Oh, she's hilarious. She is really funny when she's really in her groove and everything she's too. She's really good. And when she yeah, she's so funny. And then in addition to that, um I think Dexter counts. Yeah, Dexter <laughs> does count. Dexter ah. counts cuz I was thinking about the years. Cartoon Dexter, the sh- or the show? The, show. The, the live action. Okay, yeah, yeah. The show, yeah. yeah. I, I I love Dexter. <laughs> We're like Dexter's lab. I never thought I would connect with a serial killer, but I did. And I think Dexter's one of those shows that you can watch uh, seasons one through four, and then you can turn it off. Then you can t- that I was just oh. about to say. Oh. Season was a Trinity Killer. Is that five? Tr- Trinity Killers four. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Is that I was John Lithgow? Yeah. John Lithgow. Because everyone keeps telling me like Ken that was the best season. Is that true? Yeah. I haven't seen Dexter. Yeah. Something. No, it yeah, was great. It's four, and then 
two. And then, mm-hmm. like, honestly, like, I, sometimes I tell people, I was like, you can watch season one just to get used to the character, mm-hmm. then watch season two, and then you can skip season three if you want. Yeah. And then you watch season four and then yes. be done. So I remember watching a lot of it, and I remember being really uncomfortable because I've seen a lot of episodes while I was high, and I just oh. thought there was a serial killer after me. Oh, oh my God. I was going through it. <laughs> but I remember towards the end, it was just kind of like, oh, another one of those uh, situations. And I remember the end, and I was like, really? But I stuck through it. We all yeah. <laughs> I, I think um, Dexter falls into one of those shows where it's like the the writers or maybe the producers, I don't know who it is, but someone's terrified of changing the formula. Yeah. They don't want their main character to change and evolve and grow. Anytime that they hint at it, it's like he gets reverted back to status quo. Yeah. And thus one of the main characters on that show, uh, uh, Jennifer Carpenter's character, yeah. Deb, She's what holds that show together. Oh, yeah. Her evolution from season one, where oh, she's yeah. obnoxious, to towards the end of the series, you're like, she's like, oh wow, you're yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah, she was good. She was really. I good. gotta watch that, guys. Um, yeah, and I, th- those are just my shows. Of course, there's many like animated shows and everything else, mm-hmm. but those are the shows that I felt like worth mentioning. Good job, fellas. Thank you. Good Thank job. You. Everyone, give yourselves a hand. You guys all did really good today. Very and you fun. two hold hands. Repeat after me. Okay. <clears throat> I like your spirit. I like your spirit. Your spirit. I like your energy. I like your energy. Yeah, I like your energy. You're a joy to be around, and that's why I hang out with you. You're, You're a joy, joy to, be, to around, be around, and you and clearly need friends, and that's why I hang out with you. <laughs> see, see, I was gonna, I was in it to win it. <laughs> to what? The very end. You were, you and were you talking very slowly. <laughs> I was talking though. I was trying to get through it. I was trying to get through it. Your hands was burning me. Right. <laughs> I felt a little burning. Your burn fingertips. Too. <laughs> I just felt like I was getting attacked with little needles. Uh, Paul, I have a question. Yes. Where can the listeners find you on social media? Oh, yeah. Well, so I don't do the Twitter. Okay. Uh, but you can follow me on Instagram at the Paul Bianchi. The that- Paul Bianchi. And uh, you can also uh, check out the podcast Myth Understood, yes. which is... Mm-hmm. at underscore myth understood on all social media and you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts because we paid that dollar to get, <laughs> yeah. get everywhere oh, exactly <laughs> um, and additionally uh if you're a fan of dungeons and dragons i yes. host or I, I dm rather a uh a show uh, that is master of the dungeon of a dungeons and dragons show called dungeons and dragon wagon which is also available wherever you find podcasts and if you're like you know what i tried to listen to a dungeon dragon show before and they are boring i don't like listening to people throw dice <laughs> and make decisions about what they're gonna do uh no worries our podcast we endeavor to make it very very listenable it is qu- top quality audio mm-hmm. we add if we're walking through snow you hear us crunching through snow if someone breaks <laughs> into song we break into song everyone uses a voice it is really uh, it's something i'm very proud to be a part of radio theater, you guys That's it is amazing. radio theater paul took it all the way back to the 30s classic radio it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> Kim, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Instagram at KenBrown79 and on the book face. On the book face? Yes. Yes, I don't have to tell you that. I don't tweet. Well, you can find me everywhere at Marcellus underscore kid. And of course, of course, of course, we want you to know that we love you and we thank you. And you are amazing. (laughs) And that's all I have to say. Hasta la vasta. 
by Marcellus. Hasta la pasta? That's what he says yeah. every time we oh. end. I know. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>